here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. to the very first episode of Wrestling Omakase. Um, I am your host, John Carroll, from Open the Voice Gate, Minor Fame. I also do a lot of articles on VoicesOfWrestling.com. I do a lot of the, um, the New Japan Roundtable previews and other assorted Pure Rescue articles. Um, so, so when I came, came up with the idea to do this podcast, I... Um, my my general it was born kind of out of frustration just basically frustration with the current state of dragon gate and that being the only promotion i was able to talk about and the other part that brought this podcast idea to the front though is that i happen to know a lot of very smart mo- most of them much smarter than me i have to say very smart people very talented people and i thought it'd be a really cool idea to First of all, talk about something other than Dragon Gate, which, you know, if you listened to the last episode of Open the Voice Gate we recorded this past weekend, um, you'd know the 2017 Dragon Gate is making me lose my fucking mind. But also, and then to evolve that idea into just having this rotating guest co-host idea and bringing on a ton of other people who all have, you know, um, their passions in different aspects of wrestling. So it would give, give an opportunity to talk about all kinds of wrestling some that I know very well, um, you know, people who know me will know that I know current Japanese wrestling very well and across a wide variety of promotions and some that I don't know well at all, which, you know, we'll talk about stuff that I have no idea about. Just today, it sounds like we're going to do an episode about a an Irish promotion called Over the Top Wrestling. I know nothing about them. So that'll be a fun one to do in the future if you want to hear me like just asking questions the entire time. 
But that's generally the basic idea of this podcast is it's a journey through all the professional wrestling. We'll talk current stuff. We'll talk different regions. We'll even do theme episodes and historical episodes. So if you like something about professional wrestling, you'll probably find an episode you like. And, you know, the, the name, the name of the podcast, which I have to give credit to, um, one of the Evolve Aarons, as we call him, at um, Voices of Wrestling on the name. Uh, omakase, basically, it means, um, you know, leaving it up to you. So we're leaving it up to a different person in each episode to come on here and share with me their passion and their expertise in professional wrestling. So my guest today is, for, is discussing New Japan Pro Wrestling is Connor Dunphy. Omakase. Hello. Hello. So Connor and I are here today to discuss New Japan, which um, seemed like a very natural starting point for this podcast, just based on where we are in the calendar year. You know, we're getting ready now for the G1 Climax, which is one of, you know, I think a lot of people's favorite times of year now, and certainly one of my favorite times of the year. Um, mm-hmm. Connor, you, how long have you been a fan of New Japan professional wrestling? Mm. I started in 2013 because um, I was on uh, Woo, the discussion board Woo, and I saw this thread which was saying that they've also rated Shibata vs. Ishii 5 stars. And since that time that I saw a YouTube of it, I uh, started following it. I started following the uh, G123 and. Um, something that I'll refer back to a bit later on in this podcast is like I started like following it show by show and uh with the G125 and from there I've just been uh following it and because of New Japan and I'm thinking this is probably something that's common I've started watching like other promotions in Japan as well so yeah that is my story there it's a it's a very common gateway drug you know I think it's like for me personally I I've been watching Japanese wrestling for you know, I'm very old, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm 31 years old, and I've been watching this Japanese wrestling stuff since 2001. So, you know, I've been a, I've been around forever. But, you know, my my gateway was actually more um, Toyurman and Pro Wrestling Noah. Oh, sure. At the sure. time, at the time, New Japan was kind of, um, you know, it was going through the Inoki years, which I know a lot. Of, some people great. on the internet, <laughs> some people on the internet love them. <laughs> Um, it just at the time it wasn't really my thing, but I can appreciate it more looking back at it, and especially I can appreciate the '90s stuff more, mm-hmm. watching it back in hindsight. But um, at the time I was really much more into Noah, which I mm-hmm. think was I think was the case for a lot of the internet at the time, the Western pro wrestling fan internet. But as I've watched other fans come into it, and you know, I mean, obviously New Japan, I've paid very close attention to New Japan since probably like 2013. Mm-hmm. And it's been like that gateway for a lot of fans who um, eventually did get deeper into other aspects of Japanese wrestling. So to me, it's a perfect starting um, topic because I think a lot of people are just have just gotten in, are in the same boat and just have gotten in New Japan the last five years, yeah. um, you know, for better or worse. But yeah, we'll talk yeah. about, too, yeah. you, the article you did about comparing the, tradi- the style now to strong style because it's very different. I mean, you can just get into a little bit of that now. What what was your impetus for that article? Uh, okay, right. That article, uh, Strong Style versus New Style, or more specifically, talking about how New Japan still uh, pretends it's Strong Style, even though it's obviously not. Um, 
the impetus for that was just uh, it was just some thoughts that I'd had for a long while something that had been sort of nagging at me a lot wherein um, you know uh, basically it comes down to sort of just like not exactly New Japan's fill itself though as I mentioned in the article they do sort of stoke it what happens is that some, someone comes into New Japan like you or I around 2013 so like that and you know the, the honeymoon phase is there when they just think oh here, here's some new wrestling uh, here's like some fighting spirit and strong style and all that you get all these terms and then you sort of like uh, it just becomes a thing where you don't really think about them that much so you think of Okada doing forum exchanges as strong style instead of like you know actually what strong style is and this bugged me a lot and so um, for quite a while I, I just say to like you know not only is it is it that but also just uh, that like the Enoki years like you're talking about and even like the even the pre-Enochiism years uh, as in like the 90s and 80s and all that they're not very well covered or at least not well covered but not not much discussed um, so for those two reasons I decided to write a bit just about it um, and give like a wee bit of detail you know obviously like after you do so you think oh man I should include this should include that you know but uh it is what it is and um yeah that's why I wrote it I feel like there in, in the western um wrestling fan internet there was a long tradition of um not really appreciating the New Japan heavyweight style at least like you know if you look back at people who were writing about the 90s they always appreciate the junior style but the heavyweight style kind of had this like reputation of being, you know, it's boring or, you know, it's not as exciting as the all Japan heavyweights. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, I think it's very misunderstood. And I thought your article was, your article was illuminating too, because it, you know, talking about how the current new Japan style has more in common with like Royal road and especially what that became in Noah. I mean, you know, that the, the new Japan style now reminds me a ton of, you know the Noah that I grew up with, so it's a it's a very um, there's a lot more parallels there, and I don't. What would you consider to be the current? Is there anyone doing wrestling right now like Strong Style? Because I think I have an answer to this, but I want to hear what your answer is first. Well, other the, than I guess the Inoki promotion, right? But other than that's the easy answer. Well, 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 sure. Like that's what I thought you were going to bring up, but um, it it really it really depends because this was something I was thinking about. Like in the lead up to this, after we agreed to do the podcast, was that um, I was watching uh, Ogawa and Murakami versus Hashimoto and Izuka from uh, Wrestling World Two Thousand, and it made me think about how something I failed to mention in the article was the inherent rage in Strong Style, wherein like uh, everything is like this unforgiving atmosphere, wherein everybody wants to kill each other. And so in that respect, I think any wrestling wherein there is emotion present, there is heat present, it isn't just predicated off of, this is going to be a good match, so you better watch it. If When it's predicated off of, like, you know, actual hatred or a, a tangible feeling of it in the match, I think that strong style it isn't just limited to, like, uh, just doing MMA moves, I don't think. Because mm. the, the guy who I think, whose current style reminds me the most of what I think of, a strong style was probably Hideki Suzuki. Oh, sure. Because sure, like yeah. the the gra- like the the very grappling style. Like he he has a lot of short matches now, as Big Japan's um, strong world heavyweight champion, and he's kind of become the master of doing these like eleven minute matches where, you know, he wins just because he's a better guy and he trapped you in a move and 
you couldn't do anything. Like, dude, let so, me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I was talking about this with uh, Dylan Harris, where we we are. I I watched the uh, Endless Survivor. I watched him go against Okabayashi for the strong uh, heavyweight title, and good God, man! Like, you know, I, I, after like uh, the other Suzuki fucking min over, like, and him for Sokara going fucking like I don't know, like 110 minutes. <laughs> half of that spent in a fucking leg lock. I was so sick of submissions, and Hideki just. Oh, it was like it was like I was born again submission uh, art guy, you know. It was just like so amazing to see him work over a body part and then use that body part to actually win the match, you know. Yeah, it was, topic, he's but, great. You know. No, no, I mean I think it's very close to the top because he, <coughs> it reminds me of Strong Style a lot. I think, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. Um, highly recommend Battle to his match with Kamatani from like three weeks ago, I think two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was a that was a very good match too. He's having a great reign. But um, but yeah, that he reminds me kind of what I think of when I think of strong style, definitely more so than almost anybody on the New Japan roster. I mm-hmm. don't know if there's that many people on the current New Japan roster other than people who were there during that time period, like your Nagatas and such, that really fit in with that style anymore. But um, if you're gonna pick somebody on the current roster other than the dads, because I feel like they're a, a a cop out, who who would you pick that would fit in with? the Enochiism style, strong style. Uh, let's, let's see. Um, uh, I'm not... Like, let's see. That, that's, a, that's a pretty interesting question. I think... Uh, if you need time to think of yours, I think I have I have one. Mine, mine I think, is Zack Sabre Jr. I think he would have worked. Oh, well, sure, yeah. He's a, he's a submission guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. But so, like, um, I think that's my... I think he actually maybe I, I want to see how he does in the G one, but right now, if you were to ask me now, I think he might actually fit in better than that he does with the current promotion. Thought of something, um, thought of someone, evil. Uh, that's a good one too. I never would have thought of that one. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I can imagine him not having that gimmick, um, which I like, but obviously doesn't fit the style. Um, I can imagine him just sort of coming up, maybe in like you know nineteen eighty four and eighty five and all that. And then by like 2002, you know, it's a big uh, Tokyo Dome show here. Watanabe Hayashi, usual! Like that. Like, I can imagine that. I can envision him, like, you know, being that sort of rugged guy with, like, uh, the basic style, you know, the stoic face and all that. I can, I can, yeah, I can imagine that. Yeah. He would have been like, he would have been like the young guy in Team Japan or something. Like oh, in TNA? No, like, no, no, no. Team Japan, like, uh, the Nagata stable that was around for like oh. 10 months. I was thinking of like, like how Goto and Tanahashi <laughs> were like in TNA's Team Japan. Okay. Do you remember that? No, team, team Japan, I was thinking of like the... It was like Nagata, Fujita, <laughs> Manabu Nakanishi. This is games. Like somebody else. But now I think about it like they... they I think their whole thing was being like legitimate credentialed. So maybe he wouldn't fit in with that. But he could, he could be... He would have been great in like one of Chono's stables. is like, you know, the young guy in like Black New Japan or something. But... I think I could not not necessarily with the like the the gimmick or anything, just like one of these guys in black tights, just like you know, that would have been like one of Chono's foot soldiers. I think it would have worked. Uh, yeah. But, but um, okay. So that's a, let's let me think. Anything else about strong style versus current right now? Um, can I tell you something? Sure, go ahead. Okay, so I mentioned it pre- previously briefly there, but um. One of the main reasons that, like, one of the main concerns I have in New Japan right now is how 
unsustainable their booking seems to be because a lot of their booking is based purely on the matches wherein um, let's take AJ versus Nakamura for, for example that celebrating match you know how that was built up it was built up because Nakamura beat Carl Anderson and then he just got in the ring and be like hey I want to challenge you now that was literally <laughs> the build up and then a match followed and you know I look back to this Anokis and the everyone thinks it's so bad and so company destroying and there is actual angles going on there's actual reason for you to tune in to, to like stuff as in like uh, think back to like the Tukon Dom show in like uh, 2002 where Nagata faced Takayama that was preceded by Takayama actually attacking Nagata and punking him out in the ring right after his championship celebration that was way more than anything you can see in New Japan right now and that was a basic shit you know so I think that that is like one thing about strong style I'd say is that it actually like tries to take into account that people need more than just promise of big spots in order to tune into the wrestling. And I'll guarantee mm-hmm. you right now, it may work for now. It may draw like big houses and half this half sell at Tokyo Dome right now. But I have the suspicion that it's not going to work for long. Yeah, it's a good point, and I wonder what it, it makes it like in some ways what we have now. Especially with like the a lot the endless rematches, although I think part of that might be because of um, Shibata getting hurt, which is is which kind of messed up some of the G one plans probably. Mm-hmm. But it almost feels like you know they have a certain number of matches that they have to keep um, people apart from, and it's just kind of like we're in a holding pattern to to get to the dome or to get through the G one or to get through this, and you just kind of have to like you know we I, I mean objectively it's kind of it's kind of fucked that we're doing three okada omega matches in like eight months yep. like that's a little a little bit overkill of what what is a, a great rivalry um i don't remember what they did for tanahashi for tanahashi okada i think they they spread it out from oh they did like four in like 10 months i think so but yeah i mean like i'd say tanahashi okada was different because with with like them they at least had a story of like uh this was a young guy who was trying to usurp the ace position. So it's reasonable yeah. that he could like get go for it multiple times. With, with Okada and Omega, it's only just like, they had a good match once. How about we see it again? Yeah, I mean, like it is kind of like that. Um, I, so I do kind of <coughs> wonder, you know, what's, how sustainable that is. And the unit situation has always felt very off to me, where it's like, well, you know, chaos is together because they're together. Like, there really isn't any other good reason for them to exist they just like to hang out (laughs) (laughs) they just like to hang out i mean but they don't have a point though like they're the the point of chaos you know for the was obviously like you talked about in your article to 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 put strong style back in the place yeah but they were they were a heel unit when they started and they moved so far from that now that it's just like you know nitro comes out and just says they're the same as the home army and it's it's exactly true i mean there is no difference between the home army and chaos other than the logo so that doesn't feel sustainable to me or natural or anything. So it almost feels like to me like they're in a holding pattern waiting for, you know, they, they have a great crop of young lions right now. And it's like we can just get through like 2018, you know, we'll send them away at the start of 2018 and then 2019 they'll be back and we can start pushing them. Like that kind of what it feels like to me. Like we're, we're waiting for Oka and Kitamura yeah, yeah. to save the company. Hey, I just saw something with Chaos. You remember how Kyo started, right? It's because, yes. like, uh, Yano betrayed Makabe, joined Nakamura. 
Which, which, which every time Yano and Makabe face off is funny to me because it's like, wow, this used to be a big deal and now it's oh, like... Yeah, yeah. But imagine now, <laughs> Makabe, he's, he's, uh, he indulges in the long con. What if he just steals Chaos back? Reforms I mean, that GBH. Would be, that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be, it'd be like an actual angle with Chaos, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's just kind of like... I mean, I, chaos just kind of feels like they're gonna they're gonna like limp on until they don't exist anymore. Yeah. But I don't know. It's they 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 need to do something with them. But I mean, I will say their their merch still sells. Like if you're in New Japan crowds, you you will see those towels and stuff. So I mean, is that because people guess, feel good about chaos, or are they just like they like that people think chaos as individuals? I think that's I think it's probably the latter. Yeah. But. But I wonder if the fact that, you know, they still sell towels and stuff is one of the reasons why they tell themselves that they don't need to break them up or change anything. They should take one of the sales and throw them in. Give up. <laughs> um, all right. Is there anything else about Strong Style versus Current you want to cover before we move on? Um, just it. I sort of generally enjoy Strong Style better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I, I I like the wrestling style today better, but I like the the storylines and the units of like the '90s and 2000s better. If that makes any sense, as in like just like a whole presentation where um you know like uh like like you know the ring announcer for that that period like Kazuya Takada, uh, Tanaka sorry, um he's probably one of my favorite ring announcers because he like acts as a as like a bow to really tie the whole thing together and just being like this thing. They're like there, there's no like sort of uh, there's just, there's an excitement, but it's not like uh, you know oh I'm I'm seeing the wrestling now this is fun it's more like this is a this is a duel this is a fight fueled by destiny you know it was like this much different presentation it's just like um you know it didn't result in like you know like uh, big smiles or anything like that like I would get with maybe like a more new Japan now it, it was just like this thing where you know. As soon as like this crowd started roaring at like some guy kicking kicking the other or locking an armbar, it was just like yes, yes, it, like <laughs> cathartic, you know. And I, I just really want that feeling from New Japan right now, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I totally get what you mean. But for more, you can check out Connor's article on VoicesOfWrestling dot com. What is it? What was the title again? I should have. I should have had this written down. Uh, strong nice. style voices of wrestling the polar opposite of modern new japan pro wrestling strong ah, style there we go yeah. yeah there we go on strong style the polar opposite yep so if you if you just <coughs> type in strong style voices of wrestling on google it's the very first hit everybody so yeah because none of you guys to... ever read about it otherwise <laughs> <laughs> um i mean you know it's it's i'm I'm very frequently the mo- the only critical voice on these roundtables, which you know, it's fine. Yeah. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say everybody else is a mark or anything. I mean, people enjoy what they enjoy, and you know, um, I'm I'm okay being like the the New Japan skeptic of the group, I guess. Newsflash, I, I mean, This podcast is a ghetto skeptic only zone. Get the fuck out if you enjoy anything. <laughs> I mean, they're still my they're my third favorite wrestling promotion. It's not like I hate New Japan or anything, but it's just ah, exactly, you know, exactly, yeah, yeah. I try to I try to just be I, I'm probably a little more skeptical of Gato's booking than 
um, some of the other people on this website, which is fine. People like, are allowed to disagree. Like that's the thing it's about good. like the honeymoon period I was talking about with New Japan. I remember that when I was like you know going to into Fin Fourteen, watching the G One Twenty Three, like I like I was literally just like, oh, Prince Devon has a cool jacket. I'm gonna watch him versus Maccabi now. <laughs> like years years ahead, I'm like I'm fuck I'm a fuck not watching that. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, he 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 did have a very cool jacket. Let's be fair. That remains true. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very cool jacket. Okay, so moving on now to the the three Kazuna Road um, Cork and Hall shows <coughs> from this past week or so. Uh, if if you the one thing I found just about these three shows, the attendance kind of ramped up as they went along. Mm-hmm. Like that first one didn't do very well at all. They only did one thousand two hundred fifty eight. Which is you know you haven't they never they never titles on top what do you expect, mm-hmm. but the second one did um, a little better one thousand three hundred five and then the third one did the best crowd of all one thousand five hundred and forty four, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you know for a for Kirkin on a weekday isn't very bad at all. I have a question regarding the attendance here. Like what's that? All, all the stuff about like how you know if you draw like you, you'll draw like a one what fourteen hundred is that within Kirkin in mind? As in, like, are tickets higher there? Thus, like, they don't sell it every time because I'm sure they they'd have like way more than two thousand fans. I'm I'm sorry, I didn't get I didn't catch that. What, well, as in, like, what was it? you're you're, tra- you're talking about how like Kirken Hall like has intensive mm-hmm. around like uh, two thousand. How is it like New Japan doesn't sell it every time? Like, is the tickets like higher mm-hmm. for them or something? Yeah, the ticket prices are a little higher, I think, and. The other thing is, is New Japan, unlike the other promotions, actually reports attendance, um, like oh. accurately, whereas everybody else like exaggerates them. I, I shouldn't say everybody, but most other promotions, Dragon Gate especially, is the worst at this. Um, I was say. They, they they exaggerate their their attendances heavily. I mean, New Japan used to exaggerate heavily too, but um, yeah. I, I don't know when the exact switchover was. I think it was either twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen. When they started reporting everything correctly, like dude, I'll, like, t- I'll tell you what, I I once looked up the attendance for Wrestle Kingdom five in two thousand eleven, and it said it was like forty nine thousand. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. There's probably like ten thousand there. <laughs> like they used to, they they really used to over exaggerate the shit out of those Tokyo Dome crowds. Uh, but I mean, and that's kind of why I feel like with longtime fans, they look at attendance to be like, oh, only twenty five thousand or whatever. But it's like, well. <laughs> It's twenty five thousand. First of all, the 20, it actually is twenty five thousand. They're not. It's not ten thousand. They're calling twenty five thousand. And second of all, it's twenty five thousand paid. Yeah. So it's not. They're not giving away twenty thousand free tickets either. I remember the but, old glory days where there were like three hundred people to see Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah, the Brock the Brock days are. The, the the weird like, that might be the real dark ages of New Japan, right? Yeah, like the yeah. weird post Inoki days before, before the turnaround. Like I, that, that Brock Lesnar reign is as bad as anything uh, you'll ever see in wrestling. For his, whatever you think of Brock now, like he did not give a single shit about that title reign. He literally so, had like what, like five matches, like. And one of the, there was one of them where I think he takes like a bump in like eight minutes. So, <laughs> like it's so terrible. I think that's maybe the one against Nakam, one of the ones against Nakamura or something. Oh, like he takes no bumps at all during that match. But, I mean, I could be remembering wrong. It's been a long time, but I distinctly remember him doing a match where he took like a bump, oh, if yeah. that. But, um... Probably gets Nakanishi, that poor fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's attendances. But yeah, I mean, like, the... 
they can't, they can't the, this building cannot hold like anytime you read like Turkin 2400s they get bullshit mm-hmm. I was in that building I cannot hold 2400 people yeah I remember that like, you were saying with, it was all scooted up though yeah well like with with standing room it can probably do like 2000 oh, if yeah. that so um, but yeah so the first Kirken Hall show the first Kazuna Rose show it was uh, headlined by the never open weight six fan tag team titles L.I.J., Bushi, Evil, and Sonata defeating Juice Robinson, Kushida, and Yusuke Taguchi. Um, this is this was actually. Well, I got some notes the, from the undercard. Uh, what's that? I got some notes from the undercard. Okay. Well, we'll go. We'll do the main event first, and then we'll just go to the undercard. Okay. Go, go, great. Okay. Yeah. It was their second defense. It was a defense <laughs> <laughs> of the um, of the never open weight six fan tag team titles, and the. You know, I, I believe they're the first team. Yeah, they're the first team since David Fenley, Ricochet, and Satoshi Kojima to even make it to two months as champions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're about to hit the two month mark. Um, the these belts have obviously bounced around a lot. Um, it's nice to see, you know, the Lij team finally getting a little bit of a run here, and they're they're up against Yaguchi Japan. I thought this was a really fun match, um, was, as most. Most of the Lij six man tag title matches are. Um, do you have any thoughts on? First of all, do you have any thoughts on Taguchi Japan? Because I don't, I don't know how people could not possibly love them. They're so awesome. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that one of the things that a lot of comedy wrestlers do wrong is that they have no confidence to. They have no like meat to their like. Uh, they have no bread to their icing to make it more appropriate, um, because. Taguchi Japan, they'll do a bunch of, uh, of, of funny stuff. I know that, like, um, uh, around, around this tour, like, of Kizuna Road, like, they did the whole thing where nobody knows how to do the Paradise Lock, which is really funny. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> like, uh, but as well as that, there's a feeling that, like, this is an actual unit. They're actually competent. That the strategy that, like, Taguchi does actually pays off. Like, you know, when you see, like, you know, how uh, maybe they get a veneer fall, maybe they do a cool uh, double-team move. There's actual substance to it. And I think that's, um, that's really cool. It brings you beyond just, like, you know, a cheap laugh or, like, you know, I'm waiting for, like, this spot to happen. Like, so is often the case with a lot of, like, uh, people in New Japan at times. So, um, yeah, to go to Japan, like, uh, it's a great stable and I hope it goes on, like, uh, for quite a while longer. One thing, though, have you heard, did you hear the Taguchi Japan chant? I did. It was awesome. The, the chant? The chant, yeah. It, it was terrible. <laughs> Oh really? I had no rhythm to it. It was like no, like like let, let me let me say for Taguchi Japan, Taguchi Japan. <laughs> like you could see anything there. I'm they liking... could they couldn't they couldn't figure out a way to make it. I guess I I, I don't know how you would do that chant without. Um... Just say Taguchi. <laughs> I guess you could do that, but, but I, mean, like I just he... thought it was great. I thought it was great that they tried. Okay, I, sure, I was sure, giving them. Yeah. I'm giving them credit for. For trying it. I mean, why, why, not, um, why not just say, I'm really enjoying the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the the thing about Tukichi Japan is um, the, the the New Japan Sekigun can all, often feel like, you know, the, the, they're the uncool kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're the, they're the kids who, like, <coughs> are there to oppose the cool kids they're the fuddy duddies they're the establishment i almost feel like now the fuddy duddy establishment is chaos 
yeah. the people and the people who in in um to like Taguchi Japan who are basically all of almost all of Sekigun at this point like uh, except for the old guys in Makabe yeah. like they they're the fun ones and they're the ones who are like you know allowed to go out there and have fun while meanwhile Okada Okada and Gato and Goto and all these guys have to like come out there and sternly oppose the antics of LIJ and <laughs> Bullet Club and stuff Whereas like Taguchi Japan's like, well, we're gonna have our own antics. Well, Kushida, and... Kushida still the verified fiddly widdly. I'll tell you what. Kushida's <laughs> okay. the one who always looks like he's having the least fun with all this. I will say. A I will agree. Nerd. With... <laughs> he looks like he's about ready to like pull Taguchi aside and be like, "This is very disrespectful to the sport of professional wrestling." We have class to go to. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, Juice Robinson looks like he's having fun. So, yeah. did you notice uh, he like sells stuff Harakai Eigen style? What is it? What do you mean? As in, uh, he got drop kicked like in the back of the head and he spat out. Oh, yeah. okay, I got you. That was cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was a this was a really fun match, and I'm glad they're keeping the titles on Lij because they're one of those trios that just really clicks as a as a team. Mm-hmm. So, when you get, I can tell you from a live experience with Dragon Gate and with DDT now too there's plenty of trios that you'll put together that will not work at all so mm-hmm. when you have one that clicks you should keep the belts on them as much as possible I uh, definitely definitely I think um, um, what do you want well like oh sorry go ahead like one of the things I always say about New Japan regardless of like it's booking is that uh, can't go wrong with a good finishing stretch and um, that applies to Okada Omega which I'm not as hot on as most people uh, applies to here like no matter like how problematic like the matches when work and all that type of shit get to the finishing stretch and you start doing all that shit at such fast so fast a pace with so hot a crowd gotta love it you can't disagree with it and that's definitely what happened uh here just with um you know i'm looking from my notes like uh just like taping everything down in a caps lock just like everything that happened uh there's a lot of shit that happened like uh just like got like uh code breakers uh didn't get did not get misted before but yeah he got code breaker in like skull's end it skull ended what what's the past tense for skull end what's the what the past tense for sanada's finisher skull skull yeah skull ended skull ended got ended ended via skull um (laughs) yeah exactly and yeah there's then then afterwards there was this really cool moment where um you know like it was it was uh to build up night free uh the main event there it's like they're beating up kushida uh, Bushi did a code breaker onto a chair, which just seemed impractical. Just seemed as if you could get the same effect if you just did it with your knees. And then after yeah, that, I've seen yeah, I've seen that Jericho do that too, and, and Bushi before in the past. And it's one of those moves where it's like, how would that hurt more? It doesn't seem to really hurt the opponent more, but okay. Like some fucking like agent who's just like never been in a fight, just like oh, but chairs hurt, so what? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, after that, um, this great moment. Where you, I was talking about how you need to have more in comedy and a comedy character, you need to have substance. I tell you what, Takuchi doing this secret agent dive so that he gets missing instead of uh, Kushida, absolutely brilliant. I loved it. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Because it's like he's basically pushing him away and taking the bullet, and it was like Takuchi is one of those. He's one of those guys that like, like you said, he has that substance to his to go with his comedy. Where like he he always has that one or two moments where he just reminds you like. Yeah, he he plays around with his butt and whatever, but he actually just is really good at professional wrestling when he chooses to actually be good at professional wrestling. Exactly, yeah. But 
Wait, what's Bushi's catchphrase? Um, Bushi, uh, Incilio, which is like Spanish for for real, and then he says, um, he says for real in Japanese too. What the hell? What the hell is it? It's like Incilio Hajime. Hajime. Or, like, yeah. like whenever I hear him like say it at the end of a, at the end of a promo, I'm always surprised that people know it enough to just chant along with it. Because I fucking forget yeah. it every time. Encilio, <laughs> Haji, meh. But yeah, um, he's just saying for real twice, I think. So yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's not for real, Bushy. It's um, fucking fake, don't you know? Isn't someone clearing this guy? <laughs> um, but what do you want to talk about in the undercard specifically? Uh, so I wanted to talk about Tetsuhiro Yagi mm, because uh, that's a good pick. This dude, he has an arresting murder face. I tell you what, um, <laughs> he just like looks pissed off all the time. And uh, here he was against Oka. Um, something about Oka that I thought of is um, you know that one picture where of like Kawato Oka Kusamura, where it's like, oh, it's a Pokemon evolution chain. Like you know that one? <laughs> yes, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, it made me think because with Kusamura's inclusion, Oka doesn't seem too big anymore. So he has sort of a war total syndrome, where he's in between, not too notable on his own. Um, and then I, then I thought, like you know, just initially thinking it was a bad thing. Then I thought, you know, later on he faces Kusamura, and he has this big match where like they hate each other. So I'm guessing that they might be playing on that actually. So <laughs> you know, that's that's like pretty good. And overall, young line stuff. Jesus shit, dude! It's fucking like, uh, just like. Oh, it's been it's been great all weekend, right? All week, right? Yeah, dude. It's like it's like just like solid basic stuff, and in this in this wrestling economy, that's all you can ask for, really. I mean, the I, I this show was cool because it let the young lines mix it in with a lot of other people. Like you had um, so you had the young line opener, then you had you had uh, red shoes, you nose kid. Team with Liger and Tiger Mask against Suzuki Goon. Yeah. Then you had Kitamura teaming with Manabe Nakanishi to form the the big man tag team, I guess, against Monster Finley, Finley and Nagata. Um, and then the best of the of them all, I think, you had Kawada as Tanahashi's teammate oh, yeah, against yeah. Hiromu and Naito, which that was that was an awesome little nine minute match. It was like yeah. I, when when the card came out that and that was announced, I was really excited for it, and it really lived up to my expectations. I uh, definitely definitely. One thing as well I like about the young lines is how like you know their their inexperience it seems like tangible not in a bad way but as in like you're sort of you're sort of seeing them learn because uh, one thing I was thinking of was how it went in Umino's match uh, he uh, I think it was like he missed a drop kick and uh, Haro Maruta the Samurai TV guy like uh, he he just sort of like like he tests in frustration because he's like, damn, he could have done that, but he's just not. He, he's just not learned enough. He has to learn, <laughs> and it was like uh, absolutely great. And um, yeah, we need to bring back the Young Lions Cup. That was uh, yes. Striga was pu- Striga was pushing for that on Twitter today, and I couldn't agree more because, like, when's <coughs> the last time we had this many Young Lions? It's been like probably like a dec, oh, more than a decade, probably. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think it'd be it'd be a great time to bring back the Young Lions Cup. Maybe maybe even the under thirty title if you keep if they all come back, you know, around the same time. Mm-hmm. But I'm not too sure um, about that one. But uh, sure, Young Lions Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the under thirty title at least had more of a point than the like the fucking never title. Yeah, yeah, you know? I'll give you like that. the never the single the never singles title. 
I don't really know what the point of that is, but Never had apparently the point of it is to... <laughs> it's an open weight title defended against he- only against heavyweights, so yeah. <laughs> it's really. But hey, it's um, time for the uh, the Jado bump count. <laughs> the second card. Yeah. Oh, what was the Jado? What was the Jado bump count? Okay, so going by right now, I really watched one Jado match of the three available here, <laughs> and um, it was him and uh, Ishii Nyano versus Makabe and Tenkoji and um, so one two two bumps from Jado here tonight <laughs> and three whole bumps well there was a third but it was him like taking the knee drop from Makabe and I don't count that because he didn't actually do anything yeah really so yeah Jado um, you know and I know that we all love you here for like uh, you know your greatness in the wrestling world, you know, you you introduced Suzuki Gun to Noah, and uh, we all know that <laughs> they're doing really fucking well right now, you know. <laughs> so I know that we love you, but come on now, you're bumping <laughs> or you're not. Who who can forget the the many peaks of the Suzuki Gun and Noah in Noah um period? What a they'll, they'll write books about it someday. I'll tell you, what, I'll what tell a, you who doesn't forget Suzuki Gun. The wind that's, that whistles through Corican Hall as it lays empty while Noah goes on. <laughs> Fuck it's you, Jado. Fuck you. <laughs> it was just so... Ugh, all right, I, that, that, that would have to be its own podcast. It's so <laughs> I mean, I watched all of it, honestly, and I, I don't know why. It was just so terrible. But, yeah, okay. And now it's reborn and now it's good again. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been able to get into it, but I should I should really keep trying just it's good it's just like it's one of those things that sits on my hard drive and i never i never remember to watch it but i uh you you have so many promotions i guess one more thing to note is that something that like uh milo posted like uh he posted like one of the photos from like uh um the interview after the collateral match where like uh tanahashi he was wearing the icy belt and that along with his natural body it made it look like he had boobies (laughs) it was great (laughs) That's all. Ton of boobs. <laughs> um, okay, so night two of Casino Road it was headlined. Um, it, this was yesterday, June twenty sixth, mm-hmm. and it was headlined by the never open white title match, Minoru Suzuki defeating Yoshihashi. This match went over twenty six minutes, which I, it didn't feel that long when I was watching it, but um, maybe just because all the run ins constantly, maybe mm-hmm. maybe I dozed off in the middle. I don't even know. But of, would you agree with me that of the three, this was the weakest main event? Mm, no. No, really? Uh, well, that, that may be due to personal bias because um, Yoshikashi is my favorite wrestler in New Japan, ah. and um, I feel as though even right now that may still invite some, you know, criticism or like wonder or confusion. So I I, I should explain why. So I I told you that I started following New Japan proper, G125. Now, do you recall uh, when you're on Burning Spirits talking about a champion carnival, and you're like, oh, best is every junior on the cards? Who watches that? Guess what, buddy? <laughs> I was that guy. I was the guy who, because I was new to New Japan, I said, oh, I'm going to watch all these six-man tags. And guess the fuck what? Guess who was the guy in all those tags who was getting the pins? It was Yoshihashi. Ah, and I'll tell you something. That was like his, that was his constellation prize, I guess, for not being in it. Yeah, and the thing was that like because I was watching 
several new Japan undercards, I soon became so bored that I would just like start making up stuff. So Yoshihashi tag in and I'll be like, oh, here comes the AWA Brass Knuckles Champion, Yoshihashi. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I just like sort of started ironically liking him. And as with ironic liking, so you just like him. <laughs> I, 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 there's some people in WWE right now that... Um... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Gender. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for just thank you for just saying it. I'm not. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna flat out say it, but sure. But like, um, but like then when when he had the like amazing rise where like you know he started like uh, stirring up shit in those LIG versus Chaos matches. He started targeting Sanada for giving up like a fucking traitor. He tapped him out at Dominion. It was one of the <laughs> best moments I've ever seen. And so now since he's actually getting pushed, I really love him. He's like uh, just an amazing wrestler has like um you know a lot of people bring up his like expressionless stuff and i'm not i'm not gonna imply anything here but that's what misawa had um <laughs> and, and yeah so basically he's like uh, an amazing wrestler basically he's misawa that's what you're saying uh, i didn't imply yeah. that yeah yeah I'll, I'll um, the court I, I actually i like i like him a lot too i don't well i don't dislike him i don't um I would, I would call him a, a guy I like. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah. I just I just wasn't that into this match, but maybe, um, you know, by by the time all the running started, it was kind of like eh. Mm. And then and then I thought, um, you know, having the having chaos kind of like clear, <laughs> the ring of Suzuki Goon, and then just to have Yoshihashi lose clean anyway was like, I thought a real downer. Mm. But I think my problem with this was that. Uh... It, it, it reeked of like a star making moment you know as is so common in pro, pro wrestler there'll be like a guy who's like a prospect who people are ready to like maybe see win this time who doesn't but like uh, you know he may be disappointed but so like for a bigger thing in the future but the problem is Yoshi actually already had that moment he he already like competed for the G1 briefcase to go to the freaking Tokyo Dome he already had that so to for him to lose here amidst so much energy ovation for him chance for him it just seems as if like uh it just seems to only start to sell his momentum slightly yeah i agree and i think it, 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 he does feel like a guy who you know he he was on the way up in on his way to that omega match and then like after that they just kind of did nothing with him and mm-hmm. so now it kind of feels like well you know what is he doing even but um yeah i think I, they, he's a guy they definitely could do more with but yeah, I don't know. This there was something about the end of this match, just having Chaos run out and save save you know him from Suzuki Goon, only to have him you know get beat clean anyway. Just yeah. it just felt like a downer. Yeah, like it, it felt like a well, what the what the hell was the point of all that then? The idea of Minoru Suzuki being a good enough wrestler to win on his own, but still doing interference anyway, it seems good on paper. But really in practice, what happens is that interference is neutralized, and he realizes, oh yeah, he's still really good, and then he just beats you clean. And yeah. that, that's 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 not usually good, as well as that. Um, Minoru Suzuki, I go I go into his matches dreading them more than anticipating them nowadays, um, because just because um, you know the word often goes to me is self indulgent, but I don't think it is because obviously people like it, the locals like it, people on Twitter like it, and all that. But just this whole thing where all these matches seem to go so long for so little purpose. Um, it just seems like uh, dumb, and I hate it. <laughs> As in, like I will say, he's he's fun in DDT. Well, sure, I really enjoyed his, people are fun. I really enjoyed his, <laughs> I really enjoyed his DDT run, 
But um, but yeah, I mean, like. I mean, like I watched DDT, and like I, the, the only guy who I thought was unfun was like maybe Joy Ryan, and that was Joy Ryan. That's an outlier, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but Suzuki Suzuki in New Japan, you know, I I wasn't really. Uh, what what Suzuki Goon was coming back, um, you know, at the start of at the start of the year, yeah. there were a lot of people celebrating this, and I was like, well. Now I know who wasn't watching Noah for the past two years, <laughs> yeah. because if you're really that excited about this, you clearly were not watching Noah. Yeah. Um, and they've been they've been okay. Um, they actually weren't as bad as I was expecting them to be during the Best of Super Junior. Like I thought, Desperado especially brought a lot to his matches, and you know Taka Taka had a better tournament than I was expecting, and mm-hmm. even Kanemar, who I really hate, had a right. couple matches that were not. That were not useless because he because he's just the king of stomping, like his matches are so boring. <laughs> it posts like post joining Suzuki Gun. I feel like, but I don't know. Well, I, I, I really I hate when it. he drank the fucking Hennessy today. Yeah, that was that was cool. I guess, but <laughs> it just but like he so. But I'm praising him though. He was better than I expected him to be. Cool, cool. So the juniors have been the only one that that is just an obvious black hole is Tai Chi, but you know it's Tai Chi. No, I I, I don't know of, about Tai Chi because. Uh, in in this like current state of the world, I feel as though I can't like um, like what with the concept of a heel, uh, it's often said about like you know the whole term of X Pac heat, where like you know if a guy is so bad that you just want him off your TV, then like he's actually a bad heel. But in this sort of economy with a post kayfabe state, I feel as though it doesn't apply. So when I see Taichi hanging around in the ring too long, there's fucking pants in his pocket like a punk, not getting out of the ring. Like I, I like, and I have such hate in me. Just even saying that, it's just like, I don't know if you're good heel or not, bro. I just hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just coming with Taichi. I just came to the conclusion that I don't like watching him. So that's fine. Like whatever, if he's a good heel or not, I don't really care. I don't want him on my TV. So I really wanted Yoshihashi but... to just like punch him in the face. <laughs> that would have made him an ace. I mean, I don't. I will say he's Taichi is. He, he serves a purpose in like you like having a punchable face, um, ha- being an asshole when he runs in, being an asshole in these six or eight man tags. But I never need to see him in like long singles matches. Oh yeah, ever yeah. again. Yeah, like that. That's that super J cup. Just ugh. <laughs> but but I, I get why he's there. He he does serve a purpose, but just. Never, he should never sniff a junior singles title ever again. I will tell you, I did, um, I did like a uh, team of him and Kanemaru, even though it was made out of accident because Desperado was sick. Because, um, <laughs> just for the entrance, because uh, Taichi had his big entrance, you know, where he just like comes out and lip syncs like an asshole, and then like uh, suddenly out of nowhere, as you get in the ring, like Kanemaru, they're like, Yeah, I'm here too, see? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am also here. Um, it, is, it is very funny, you're right. I mean, like, this <laughs> He just kind of appears and it's like, yeah. You don't give a shit about this or anything. <laughs> He's like, where do I get paid? <laughs> I need to buy more, buy more whiskey. That's a shoot. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the as far but like the Minoru Suzuki himself, I don't really need to see that much of him in 2017. Now, I think he'll probably have a better G1, just because they probably won't do all this writing bullshit, and you won't have to sit through. You know, it won't be twenty minutes of him doing his self-indulgent stuff, like you said. Mm. Then a run-in, then him just winning clean anyway. It won't be. It probably won't be that. It'll probably be like 
a lot of like sub 15 minute matches so yeah. without any run-ins or with like run one run-in where you win or something so I think that'll probably be fine yeah like AJ Styles um, versus Suzuki from G124 is like an amazing match um, yeah so I, I know he can be good but often he chooses not to yeah, that's a great way to put it. Basically, he, he chooses not to. Yeah. But I thought one of the Goto matches was good. The maybe the first one. I don't know. I have to rethink my brain about this. Mm. Maybe it was the second one. But you know, I just um, had a thought there because I like the Goto match too, and I like this match too. I'm thinking maybe it's because I love Goto and Yoshihashi with both my hearts, and so I'm endlessly invested <laughs> in their matches regardless of what happens. But yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know. We'll see. I, I. I have a sneaking suspicion, Suzuki's in for a very deep G1 run mm-hmm. or a very successful run. So, we people might have to get used to seeing him. Unfortunately. Uh-huh. Um, as far as the undercard goes here, I only have like uh, w- one good note, and that is about Oka again. Um, like it's, it's him and it's him and Kitamura who are going to Ultra Fan, right? They're going for like a tag of whale burning, right? Mm-hmm. Right, I think so. I think sounds correct. I think in anticipation of that, he's been watching some old Japan because like uh, he stole Dory Funk's thing, Dory Funk Junior's thing, where like uh, he he sort of like uh, slaps the traps before he does an elbow. So 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 like uh, you know it goes like no, duh, you know, duh, like that. <laughs> um, and I thought that was pretty good because I like when there's that sort of like strange sort of like. It's, it's, it's like when you like you Irish up a guy, you're going to elite frog, so you, you clap, and then you up, and then you up, up, go down, and then just go into headlock from there. Man, wrestling's really cool that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, the the match itself was really cool, too, I thought, but uh, uh, um, I dig the 10 minute, I dig the young line 10 minute draws, but having two of them back to back was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But um, It's better when I it's mean, 10 minutes, not free. Yeah. yeah, but when they're at that stage, they're at the stage though. Like all four of them, where I totally can buy <coughs> them all going to ten minute draws. Like it doesn't feel like any of them should necessarily be beating any beating their opponent there. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense when you watch it. I got a question for you. Yeah. Do you ever wake up and want Kitamura to kill you? <laughs> no, not really. Because he he really could do it, couldn't he? <laughs> yeah, Look he at those jaws could. of his. You can like, eat right up. He looks like he's a titan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, he's going to be starring in uh, Shingeki no Kyojin Season 3. Hey, buddy, Um, I only know a bit of Attack on Titan. (laughs) What? You you don't know anything about Attack on Titan or no? I I knew, like, uh, let's see. Let me write my brain here. I know that there are titans in it, they kill people, and that is it. Uh, it's it's okay. I'm the I'm the official voice of wrestling weeb, so <laughs> it's like basically required that I know all this stuff. Look, man, we like pro wrestling. Actually, you can't, I actually, you can't really be selective about nerdy stuff here. I actually don't watch a lot of anime, but that was more of like a something I used to do when I was younger. But oh, yeah, yeah. it's one of those shows that like if you don't watch it, and you know if you take Japanese classes and you don't watch it, like you'll have no idea what people are talking about basically because mm. every single person in your class like all you know is all watching it so you just kind of end up watching it for that reason i don't take japanese but. classes but i do do it on duolingo um and the sad thing is that most of the stuff i know is literally just from japanese wrestling osmosis as in <laughs> one of the first things you learn is this is hi 
This is ka. What is the word for red? And I know because I've, I've heard aukona for years now. <laughs> you know? Wait, isn't owl blue? Fuck, it is. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Aka. Aka is red. Agakona. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, am I, am I like really that bad? Or is it... <laughs> Um, but yes, so our corner, blue corner, Aka corner, red corner, everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a Japanese lesson. Also, how is Duolingo? How is Duolingo? Do you like it or no? Uh, du- Duolingo is pretty good. Although, um, Paul uh, of Polaris on Twitter, like he said, like, uh, you know, him being pretty fluent in Japanese, I'd take his opinion. Uh, he said it wasn't pretty, it wasn't much expensive. And I do feel that because, um, like, as in maybe you will have a sentence that like you'll barely know because you barely know what the uh, all the what all the sounds and so you'll click on something to like get it up and it'll make no sound so you don't know what the fuck you're doing um and that in that respect it can be a bit hard but it's rewarding once you get the hang of it um yeah so i've always i've been using memrise kind of which i sometimes feel is way too easy mm-hmm. so i don't know maybe i should try this and then, like, I've been using Memorize, which is way too easy, and Wani Kani, which is way too hard. Right, right, right. So I need something in between. Because Wani Kani is just, like, trying to remember all these fucking kanji. And I think I probably started it too early on because it's, like, it's hard to get to stick yeah, when yeah. you don't really know the, a lot of the other basics. But Like, when, whenever, yeah. whenever I'm stressed about learning Japanese, like, like I often am, like, uh, I, I sort of take solace in the fact that if I do go to Japan, I always have a plan. A contingency plan where, like, uh, whenever someone talks about, like, oh, so this now, your buddy. Yeah, it's true. You can just, I mean, it's one of the first things. I mean, you joke about this, but it's like one of the first things they teach you. Like, they will, in, in like, the, the teacher in class just tells you, you in Japanese, you always need to be responding. Um, yeah, to yeah, everything somebody yeah. said, either so this ka, so this ne, Narudo. Um, uh, there's another one too, and I'm totally forgetting, but, um, but like these, he's just basically it's like you have to rotate through these and like, um, oh, there's one, there's one he told us that was even more simple that you could use. Oh, it's like eh, <laughs> like eh, like he told yeah, he said, that one works for do that. yeah, eh. yeah. He's like that works for anything. He said <laughs> just going either with the right inflection, be like eh, <laughs> eh, <laughs> eh. But yeah, but like he he literally had us practice this. He's like you need to be you need to be responding to everything like this, and he's like this can get you through through a lot. Yeah. In Japan, because you just people just need to see that you're engaged, basically. I can say but, yeah, I can say I mean, that like I'm a seasoned veteran wrestler who knows what the <laughs> hell's going on and doesn't really isn't really getting excited for it like Yamazaki. It's so different though from the way we talk in person, especially in English. Where like I, I mean I don't know if it's like this over there too, but like here, like you never expect the other person to just respond to everything you say. Like you just expect them to say to say something when they have something to say, you know? Ah, uh, yeah. So, yeah. like, you're not used to just replying to every single thing someone else is saying. So it, it takes a lot of practice, actually, to, like, at, remember to say, like, ah, so this day, every time. <laughs> like, every time they pause, you're supposed to be doing that, and, you know, it's easy to forget. Uh, but <laughs> there's your Japanese, there's your Japanese minute, everybody. There's your Japanese discourse. Uh, don't, 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 don't try to learn Japanese. It's really fucking hard. <laughs> It's worth it, I, it's my best to, it's like worth people, it. oh, people ask me learn try, like what my advice is to teach. Like I think it was Rich Craig who asked me this once, and I was like, you know, what my advice is don't do it. It's impossible. It'll take over your life. But after that, I did recommend him some stuff. But I think I did scare him away from doing. It, it was just so difficult. 
but it's not all like difficult and full of pain. It is true. It is true. <laughs> I just wish I I wish I had started much younger. You're you're doing it at the right time of your life, probably. Uh, yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. I I waited forever to actually start doing it, but whatever. I mean, the, the cool thing is, people, and I can tell you this firsthand. Like, you really don't need to know any Japanese to go to Tokyo. Like, they yeah. are very used to, to stupid white people who don't know how to speak a word of the language. So plus, like, um, you know. that fucking like Marita guy who I mentioned, like, uh, just watching him through DDT, he anglicizes everything. As in, like, uh, <laughs> like uh, in, in night three, like when there's a Canadian destroyer, he just goes, "Yeah, Canadian destroyer," like that. <laughs> he just says English for everything. So what the fuck? <laughs> the 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 English lesson with Saki Akai that that might be my favorite video of the year that was so great oh yeah yeah, yeah. but we're just her trying to read the English and him getting so angry <laughs> but people don't know what I'm talking about they should check out YouTube for that or or my Twitter feed actually I put it on my Twitter feed today just check out uh, the, um, just check out the Twitter feed in general because it's very good oh <laughs> you now now you're just flattering me because it's really terrible actually. <laughs> but. Mm. Um, all right, so the undercard, um, we had the well, we talked about the young lions. That the, the young lion matches are great. Mm. I the the Lij ten man. I I actually like. I'm very surprised it was apparently only twelve and a half minutes because it felt like an epic twelve and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Like it was a that was a really fun ten man tag. One of my highlights of the entire of the entire tour, I think. Yeah, it was. Like but a, I don't know if yeah. you had any thoughts. As in, no, like, so you just get used to it. As in, um. So it's sort of like an Okada match for me. It happened. Mm. <laughs> but I don't know. I liked it a lot. But I'm I'm like the only person probably not sick of the Lij Ten Mans. Yeah. They just have such great chemistry together. I think I should clarify something there because like see see like whenever I like uh, sort of brings me back to uh, like TJ Hawk's interv- uh, re- reviews of stuff where like uh, you know he says it was disappointing in like two and a half stars. I think the unspoken thing in that is that while you're watching it, like you're not just sitting there like this is fucking bullshit. Like you're sitting there and you're watching it and you're having fun. It's just like you know you you go after it's like yeah it's just up there, you know. Yeah. So like yeah, it was like it was like fun. But just I don't really have anything to recollect. <laughs> Aside from Paradise, Lock. it was cool. Yeah. It was a cool match. The Paradise Lock is awesome. Yeah. Um, here that does it better though. You think the one was coming All back? Right. To have a match with Sonata, or I really doubt it. But I mean, like his his eye is really fucked up, from what I've heard. Like yeah. it would be, it would, be, it would probably wouldn't be a good idea. But just wear an eye patch, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen, but I I would love to see it. I mean, he's probably my all time favorite wrestler. So. Like if like if Milano Collection AT was more popular, he'd get this sort of like Daniel Bryan treatment where people be people are like, uh, you know if. If he, if he wants to fuck up Zaymar, well, fuck it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody would complain, really, if he came back. And, you know, obviously it wouldn't be up to the same standard. Mm-hmm. But, all right, so the final Casino Road show, it was today, June 27th. Um, the main event was the IWGP <coughs> Junior Heavyweight title match. Kushida defeating Bushi in 1921 with his new, um, what it's called the Back to the Future driver, right? That's what he's calling yeah. it. Um, I thought this was a really, really good match. Um, I they they Bushi is one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan. Mm-hmm. As far as like as far as like creating an atmosphere, and um, you know, like he always feels like he's. I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. <laughs> like sometimes the junior the juniors can often feel like they're just doing moves. 
you know mm-hmm. and Bushi to me never feels like he's just doing moves like he feels like he's in there to win a ma- to run- to win a wrestling match which right. you know I always I always appreciate that when I'm watching uh, my professional wrestling I know a lot of people don't like him um, I feel like most of the people don't like him don't like him because the young bucks don't like him but um, I think he's really great I, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, do you disagree on Bushi or no? I I I think Bushi's okay. As in, um, okay. like, uh, I I can get what I can get what you're saying there because uh, there was one thing that like uh, I saw where there was that spot where uh, he like went to do a dive Kushida moved it away and he like uh, what uh, you know laid off. But then as soon as Kushida was unsuspecting, he then went for a dive again, and that was one of the only few times that I've seen a dive that hasn't felt just like obligation or just like uh, flippy stuff like to feel as if yeah, he's going like, for oh. a kill shot <laughs> like look, look at this fans like yeah, it yeah. Um, okay Tony Shabani Jesus <laughs> <laughs> the the chemistry though the two of them have I think is really good and mm. it lifted the match for me and the other thing that lifted the match is like this was by far the hottest the Kurokan crowd had been through the three shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were super into this match, especially by the end. Yeah, they're, so they're that, trying oh, to both sell simultaneously, so they ended up just sent for Bersha, Bersha. <laughs> <laughs> but like the crowd was super super into that match, and to me that that is as big an advertisement for like more um, more title matches at Kurokan as anything. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Can you? If we, we should be happy. Like we should have a junior title match main event Kurrigan. Yeah. We should have a heavyweight tag title match main event Kurrigan, which never happens. Um, which you know, obviously, one of the biggest complaints people have of Gato's booking is the heavyweight tag division. But like we could, we could be having all this time. Like I don't know, like Tanahashi and Elgin main eventing against like Okada and Yoshihashi mm-hmm. out of Kurrigan for the tag titles. Like that to me is what the heavyweight tag titles should be instead of like. You know, oh, this this year's American tag team. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. Like to go back to but, look, to go back to Noah when we were discussing that. Now I wasn't around live like during 2016 for the Noah community, but I'd imagine that when like you know they, ha- they were having a great voyage in Corgan Hall, there must have been something that was like, oh, how the mighty have fallen and all that, right? But yes. I'll tell you what, Corgan Hall is a damn fine venue for a big show. And New Japan, I say, has been taking it for granted, putting all their shitty, shitty house shows in there, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, I, they, I, I'm they, i okay with, like, the way they do, the, like, if they want to do an undercard that's, like, just tags and stuff, but, like, you need, a, you need an actual main event. Mm-hmm. Like, your main event should not be a six-man, eight-man tag every time, which is where I think, like, um, my dissatisfaction with the promotion in 2016 kind of came to a head they've been a little better with it this year with the Kurrikans but um but yeah I think like 2016 for me was the was the nadir of um New Japan Kurrikans and just the the endless six and eight man tag booking but um but yeah so this was like a breath of fresh air hearing Mm. hearing a New Japan Kurrikan crowd actually be ridiculously into a match and really caring about an outcome and I mean, they, even beyond, I think, the other two title matches. But mm-hmm. all three title matches could, you could make that point for. But like, I think this was like the apex of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Bushi's outfits? I, I love Bushi's outfits. They're great. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the 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 two masks and everything. And like, you know, he always puts like a little reference to the match on his other mask on his bottom mask or whatever. Dude, they are stupid detailed for that. I tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like have it put, puts IWGP on it in like purple letters and 
Remember when he was he was like the CMLL welterweight champion or whatever? He had that on his mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was great. Like I th- I think that's what I appreciate about his social media presence is that it is literally just like selfies of him in his attire, because for for a lot of people and I noticed this when I used to watch WWE was that uh, for big events they'd have like these like lavish outfits that like you could barely get any good camera shots of, and so after that they just like put it off and like put it on a shelf never to be worn again, and I'm thinking. Now, I, I, I have no insight into how, like, the uh, the marketplace for wrestling attires works. I've never uh, bought some kick pads off the high spots or whatever. But I'm feeling as though you may spend a pretty penny on some nice custom tights, like you taped at, like, say, um, you know, uh, The Miz or something like that. Whereas, so why would you um, spend so much money to only ever wear it once, where you can't really see it in great detail, uh, and then just, like, take off forever? And that's why I think, well, they, you know, Bushy, like, just taking all these photos where, like, you know, you can see in detail all the stuff that he paid for on this mask. That is, like, mm-hmm. good stuff. It's, like, uh, you know, getting your money's worth. But don't they resell the... They they sell the attire right after the show, don't they? Oh, uh, well... That's, that's what I've always... What? That's what I've always heard. Well, that's bullshit. But... <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they basically, like, they have these super fans in Japan who who pay a lot of money for the attire, and that's why that's one of the reasons why their attire changes so much. Well, like, like so. the only thing I've heard that in American wrestling is when they're doing an auction for it, and it always has, like, an unsavory feeling about it, so... <laughs> <laughs> well, this, I, I'm sure it is unsavory, but, like, yeah. I remember they, though, I remember reading about people paying, like, $800 for someone's used tights, so, like, they just keep selling these tights and selling these tights and selling these tights. I just, so. I just imagine if it was, like, fucking, like, Otani or something like that, you just got black tights. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't think, I, I'm guessing Otani's not... High in demand of the current marketplace, but uh, <laughs> on, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So that that was the main event. I really liked it. I don't know how you felt about it, but uh, I I think uh, like see like to go back to to the TG Hawk point. I followed the Hawkshian sort of school of wanting a story of a match, and so I tried to look for one here, and as far as I could tell, uh, it mainly resided in the opening moments more than anything else. Which is a sort of con, but like, you know, not so much that I would, it would detract from the match, was that Bushi uh, was a fucking dead fish when it came to submissions, and thus, like, Kushida could just, like, basically play around with him and apply a bunch of different holds, as in, like, he immediately did a cross arm breaker out of, like, a fucking jump, um, and then a calmulation afterwards, which looked really cool off the bridge, and um, that then, like, Bushi had to sort of rebound back with, like, his own cunning. He had to get up to submissions and then uh, sort of just, like, use his sort of, like, faint dive and all that, um, as well as just, like, his own sort of, like, uh, intelligence, which he's good at conveying uh, to the point that he's, like, trying to win a match. And um, and then it just sort of, like, uh, went on, went on, went on, pretty good. And what I liked best about this match was Hiroma's interference, both of them. Um, because, like, the first one, like, he pops up on the apron with... Uh, of his, of his, um, not sure what you'd call it. His, uh, his rebounds after losing Belt Sun. Um, <laughs> his, his cat rebound. Yeah, yeah, his rebound, his unhealthy uh, fling, Daryl, <laughs> big Daryl coming back, um, and like then Kushida just like I don't know, punches him off, and it was funny to me because um, rather than help Bushi, it probably it made it just made Kushida better at kicking Bushi's ass because he beat the shit of him after that. But then uh, he he comes back. Maybe that was the plan all along. <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't know. 
Well, because like the second interference, like as, as soon as like uh, like the the ref bump happens, and it's a bad ref bump. I hate any ref bump where like you know, oh, I was flying about and the referee died. Like I hate that shit. It's so contrived. But anyhow, <laughs> it ha the ref bump happens. He hits the back to the future, gets a small package on, and then Hiromo comes in and he fucking counts the pin because he's so charismatic, he's so character driven that he knew that would be a memorable moment, and it was. I will remember that for the rest of my days. That moment, <laughs> and then after that, you know what? You know what I remember too about it? Like the the way he like counted it too sounds so different from the way a ref. Yeah, like yeah. a ref count normally sounds like I don't know if it was he just slapped the mat so hard, but like if a ref count sounds like you know, his was like, you know, I'm yeah, not do, like, I'm not doing it justice, but like it was like so much harder. Yeah, and it's just like Jesus. You know that makes it more but, that makes it all the more weird how Kushida <laughs> how Kushida got up and thought, oh damn, I've won. Good, good job, me. Yeah, he's like, I, <laughs> this is it. I won the I won the match, baby. Like, there's not there's he's not like, even a bell. Like he just gets up and's like. Yeah, yeah, that, that that was a good job by me. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, I definitely there's definitely nothing weird here. The referee is just angry today. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, um, but, but yeah, it was uh, and then, like, it was very special. Yeah, and then after that, like he did the sunset flip power bomb, which is like uh, you know, when I when I'm not expecting it, it's fucking insane. You know, <laughs> it's just like a yeah. fucking like um. King's Road level unsafe bump that someone will regret when they're 40 years old and they cannot walk long distances. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, but the, but to, to your point, to your observation there, that it was Hiromo's intention to make Bushi lose, I disagree. I think it's quite the opposite. I think that when he drove Kushida's head into the ground and then Bushi still lost, Hiromo must have been fucking pissed. Yeah, yeah. I should say, I didn't, re I didn't really think that's what it was i was i was <laughs> kidding but for the record um i don't want everybody to be like ah look at a terrible take it's like it's for it's the first episode i need i need to build up to my terrible takes so is this a good take or uh, is this a bad take oh my god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um but yeah the um so that so that was the main event i i enjoyed it um i'm glad the like I, I usually don't like it when the interference doesn't happens and doesn't play into the finish at all. Like it feels almost like what was the point. Mm -hmm. But with Hiromu, I, I I'm I'm willing to forgive it because mm -hmm. it plays into their their eternal their eternal feud basically. So I I, I didn't mind it at all here. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I actually kind of bought some of the near falls. Like I was like, oh, Bushi's about to do it, but no. That's what that's what I felt, especially when like Cobra uh, who got kicked out because um. Now, may, may, maybe I'm not the most attentive bushy watcher in the world, but uh, I don't think um, many people have kicked out a code breaker enough for that to happen. It felt as if it was like, you know, maybe a solid year or so of build-up to that. And so that's always good. Yeah. Um, Please don't correct me by but... saying all times people have kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I agree, though. I, I, I was pretty... I was buying the near falls. I was glad I wasn't watching this spoiled, so I could still at least think Bushi had a chance. I did, so even I though he probably like, didn't. Uh, Bushi, you're not gonna fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the post match with Desperado attacking Kushida, breaking the guitar over his head. I was totally here for that. Mm -hmm. 
big Despy fan, so I'm very excited for that match. See, the thing with um, Despy's promos is that, like, uh, obviously I don't understand them, so I have to, you know, pay attention to, like, sort of other things, maybe cues in order to gauge her good at a promo as someone is. And I think just the whole thing of, like, some guy, like, uh, like, Despy said, like, uh, title match, blah, 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 and, like, someone said, title match, blah, 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 it's like, he turned around and acknowledged them, just like, ha, 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 and that sort of credit interaction, especially after, like, you know, you sort of get used to the WWE environment of like, uh, you know, it basically being a sitcom where like no one can interact with the crowd. That is very refreshing, and so I think he is a good promo. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I'm here for him getting a title shot. I'm very excited, and we'll see where it goes from here. I'm hopefully I'm I'm hoping that since Desperado isn't on the the US shows that this is going to be the title match for the G1 final since mm. I'm going to be there so I would totally like to see Desperado get his big moment live. That'll be the cool. The G1 final feels like a place where you can like uh, it feels like um, you know how the Royal Rumble usually like back in the day had like a title match that was fucking nothing because the Royal yeah. Rumble was a draw? Like how hardcore Hollywood like challenge and all that shit um, Which was terrible but yeah. okay. But I mean like uh <laughs> I don't think Desperado vs. Kushida will be an example of that, but I remember just like, uh, fucking, what was it, like, Yujiro, 2016 yes. Yujiro would challenge yep. for the tag bills. <laughs> and that was yeah, a Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah, it was like Yujiro, Yujiro and Hangman Page against oh. the Briscoes. It's like, oh, <laughs> wow, we really got a, a main event anywhere in the country. Move, move over, uh, Ernest Hemingway, that, those names <laughs> right there are a short story that's fucking sad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll we'll see what the other title matches are. If if Kushida and Desperado is as good as it gets, I'll take it because I like Despy. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think Despy has any chance to win. But I would I'm I'm into him getting a title shot. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for Kazuna. Do you have anything about the undercard here? Uh, no, but I did I I, <laughs> I did look up Kazuna Rhodes on uh, Google Maps and uh, nothing came up. But I did. <laughs> I what the what does Kasuna mean? Do you know? Uh, I I don't know that. Up. <laughs> uh, it seems like a good thing to look up. Let me let me try Imiwa. Let's see. Tell me Kasuna. Kasuna. Oh, okay. It's the bonds between people. Wow. It's like bonds between people, emotional ties, relationship, connection, link. It's the emotional ties road, everybody. It was Jap- That's Japanese in their words. <laughs> but I tell you what I did do. Um, it's a cool kanji. I tell you what I did do is that I, I just typed in Kizuna to Google Maps and I picked the first result. Uh, and I calculated that from here in a sleepy old Mary Hill Glasgow, it would take me 20 hours, 30 minutes plus to fly over to Kizuna. So uh, the Kizuna road. Where is Kizuna? The Kizuna road for me is very long. <laughs> Where is Kazuna? I don't know. Let me check again. Let's see. There's exciting radio here. Kazuna. Okay. It's a Japanese word meaning bond. Thank you. I just, I just found <laughs> that out. Uh, it's an Orange Rain song. Hmm. Let's see here. Uh, yeah. Kizuna. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a yaoi manga. Kazuna Bonds of Love. So, oh, man. Ladies. <laughs> It's also a Japanese political party formed by nine former lower house members of the Democratic Party of Japan. No, wait, does, sure. that, does that mean communist or? 
um, I don't know what the what are the Democrats in Japan again? I think they're just the liberals. Yeah, the, no wait, the liberals are like the. Uh, uh, oh, the, yeah, liberals are the current guys. They're like uh, no, the 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 liberal Democratic Party is the conservatives. Yeah, yeah, I know that makes no sense, but they're the conservatives. <laughs> <laughs> the Demo- the Democratic Party, I think, is like the opposition. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who the who the main opposition party is in Japan. I thought it was the Democrats, but yeah, it is the Democrats. Okay. All I know so is the Liberal Democratic Party. Liberal, like Liberal Democratic Party are the the center right conservatives, and the Democratic Party are the center left. So all I know of Japanese politics is like, uh, well, two things. That one like uh, offer guy who tried to start a coup, and then like because no one took him seriously, he killed himself afterwards. And also, <laughs> that socialist politician who got assassinated right by a kata by a katana. <laughs> all- so the. The Communist Party is the fourth biggest party in Japan. Everybody, they have, they have twenty-one representatives. So there you go. Hell yes. <laughs> um, they, 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 they're 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 outnumbered by Kamito, which is like the, the Buddhist party. Um, but, I don't know what else to tell about them. They're a co. They always they're always a coalition. But they're like the, they're basically like what 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 is what's the one in the in the UK. That always ends up being in the coalition with the conservatives. Uh, well, this would only be once, but I guess it's infamous enough to warrant a reputation. It's the Lib Dems. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. okay. So it only happened once, but they did like it killed the party, right? Isn't that isn't that what happened? Yeah, they, they were like, uh, they're, they're, if you don't mind my language, fucking worms who sold out. <laughs> <laughs> Some exciting foreign politics talk here. <laughs> so um, the Lib Dems. Yeah, that, isn't that who? What's your name? Like went on Twitter to tell everybody to vote for this year. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> she went on Twitter to be like, "Vote for the Lib Dems," and like they got they have like what like ten ten seats or something. They have ten people, and the leader at the time of general yeah. election thought that fro- uh, that chemicals made frogs gay. <laughs> Did they? Yeah. I know when he like stepped down and gave some speech um, in Britain about how. Oh, I don't know if we're allowed to be religious and in politics anymore. Eh. Like all the um, all the Christian conservative assholes on like on on this side of the pond, like all like you know they 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 flung their they flung their little flags at like half mass form. Yeah, they they're like, see, they, uh, free speech guy. We're uh... being <laughs> we're being pushed out, which is like okay, yeah. not not in this country or not. But always t- I wish you always were. Always take sauce and Big Jezza, absolute boy. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jezza, hell yeah. <laughs> um, makes you want to root for Zack Sabre Jr., but he's a heel, unfortunately, so you're not allowed to do that. Um, but yeah, so that's Kazuna Road, everybody. Apparently it means Bond Road. Mm-hmm. So there you go, and, Bond Road. And isn't it not in the matches, but in the bonds are made along the way? Yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. Um, so we should get into the G1 preview. Before we get into the G1 proper, though, let's briefly talk about the G1 special in the USA this weekend. Now, Connor, do you give a shit about this? Boy, I am happy to tune into Access TV and watch the G1 <laughs> special of New Japan Pro Wrestling. <laughs> I am. I am not. I, I can't say that I'm really that excited. The, this would tell you Mike's our excitement level, everybody. Like when I was 
playing this episode with Connor for over a week, I forgot it was happening. <laughs> like the weekend that we were recording, like I was like, "Yeah, Connor, you can come on, and we'll talk about the G one and Kazuna Road." Oh shit! There's and our entire thing. <laughs> and then, and then tonight, I'm like, "Wait a second! There's a whole fucking thing happening this weekend in the USA." And I just, I, I remember because like Rich, Rich Crate sent me the link to do like the written roundtable yeah. that I'm gonna be on, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this is happening." But so do you think do you think Cody's winning the title? Because this is like a movement now of people thinking Cody's winning the title on Saturday. I've mute, I still don't. I, I've mused about this subject a lot. I've listened to like other opinions. I know that Striga from Eastern Lyra he wants the whole world to burn it for Cody to win the title and all that. And what I've surmised is this: we talk about Brock Lesnar as like maybe the point where like uh, you know New Japan like really really like it, like their 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 drop was like fully established. And you know what? I hope that this uh, damn ghettoism that we have right now, it has uh, crushed, uh, crippled at legs by Cody winning the IWGB heavyweight title. <laughs> I hope they just go all in on it. Uh, and Kidani's hubris, the size of Glasgow itself, will just crumble the, emotion, the, the promotion step by step by step until they are nothing once more. And thus, another Tanahashi must come in and save it. <laughs> do you? But do you think it will happen? Yeah, probably not. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's basically where I am right now. Where it's like I, people keep I keep seeing people argue it, and people say it's possible, and some people I like a lot keep t- trying to remind me that's possible, but it, it still just doesn't feel like it's gonna happen to me. Like I'm, if you're gonna ask me how confident I am, am I that Okada's retaining? I would say like 90% or something. So, like, that's how I feel right now. I, I, I'm willing to admit there's a chance Cody wins, but I'm still going to be really stunned if it happens. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know, dude. Like, this whole thing about uh, New Japan going into the US, like. Uh, it's really stupid. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really like. I don't like it at all. And just speaking as an American who likes Japanese wrestling, I should be the target market, but mm-hmm. the problem is I remember Dragon Gate USA. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And aside, like aside from the general idea itself, like how risky it is to take such a step, which many promotions have, like some have succeeded, others have failed. There's also like enough impetus to like keep going with that sort of move. But I think that if it, basing it off of just like New Japan's interactions with the US, such as like uh, you know the, the Ring of Honor shows, and I know you'll know a lot about that being there yourself. It's just like mm-hmm. it feels so like. Uh, not New Japan, or not even like Japanese wrestling in general, when like the, the sort of like crowd atmosphere and like this, uh, based on that sort of booking, uh, seems so short term, so like Sons planning, so like Sons like fought, as in, you know, like Ring of Honor crowds, they just like uh, cheer Bullet Club guys because they're Bullet Club, and um. There, there's like you know I'm not about to get my high horse and say it like Japanese wrestling is some sort of like big like uh, you know something that is way better than all these other things but it is but <laughs> you know like possible deniability but um, like there, there seems to be a lot more nuance like okay I'll, I'll, I'll frame it this way why did you get into Japanese wrestling because like uh, it was like the same as the other shit that you like in the indies exactly you know like I go and, why know, they why do we get into it? Because it's so different from American wrestling. Because we're, we want to, it's presented in such a different way. Like you, you don't want to see it presented. It, it, the best way I can put it, as someone again, if 
I, I'm interested to see what the crowd is like. If the crowd is like a Ring of Honor crowd, it's never going to work. Because a Ring of Honor crowd is a crowd of people who are there to see... They're there to see the Young Bucks. They're there to see the Bullet Club. They're there to see Flips. They're there to chant and scream and, you know, try to, quote-unquote, get themselves over. They're there to... To, because they want to be part of the show, it's not a Japanese crowd. Yeah. And it's never going to be a Japanese crowd. And it's never going to have the Japanese atmosphere. And I'm not saying that to be a snob. I'm just saying that because it's literally true. Yes. It's just never going to be a Japanese professional wrestling show. I am a fan of Japanese professional wrestling. Yeah. I am not a fan of just plopping Japanese wrestlers in front of an American crowd with no context. Yeah. And no historical context, and expecting it to be the same. It's never going to be the same. So I mean, well, I'm very interested in what the what it's like. I'm you know, out of the Ring of Honor context, maybe it'll be a little different. But at best, it's going to be people performing what they think they should be in a Japanese crowd, mm-hmm. which isn't going to be the same thing either. But it might be better than um, the fu- the, the terrible pile of shit that is a Ring of Honor crowd in 2017. Yeah. So. Like plus, I think like uh, there, there is this sort of thing where, um, like for, for, for like yeah, people like you and me, where like we got into uh, like Japanese wrestling, like there was like our like our questions and confusions they were justified because hey, like the the wrestling's a continent over, so we're not going to impact it with our like ignorance or like that. Um, but this is something that like uh, my friend Sam, she was talking about it, where like um, pe- it, like the, the like the the sort of conduct was don't for don't throw streamers and people are sure like oh why not about a fucking new japan show <laughs> like yeah like there's gonna be people coming here like fucking expecting like you know like uh, a bunch of shit because like you know they saw like maybe like video of a tiger diver in 81 <laughs> once on like a, an yeah. image board <laughs> and so they're gonna think oh shit where's masawa <laughs> i mean you're you're I'm very interested in what the crowd because that what you described is exactly how Ring of Honor crowds are now, especially aye, aye. because because these people bought these tickets so fucking fast, it makes me think it might be like more of a hardcore crowd for the first time, at least. Mm-hmm. So like this weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if the crowd is more like I don't know, like eighty percent people who actually know or watched at least somewhat New Japan. Mm-hmm. But like I can tell you right now, those the crowds at those New Japan Ring of Honor crossover shows, like maybe a quarter of the crowd actually knows anything about New Japan. Which, again, I I sound like a snob and an elitist, so I'm sorry, but it's just literally true. Like, people in attendance have no idea. A lot of them, either they they know of New Japan guys because, you know, they've seen a GIF, or they know of a New Japan... They know what New Japan is, but that's that's as far as it goes. So... I mean, when when those supercars, when the object of those supercars is uh, just to have, like... uh, New Japan's guys totally kill Ring of Honor's guys, and that's a bit problematic when those guys who are so better than the guys you know are uh, way better. Yeah, I mean, like the problem—the problem that it's—it's it's gotten so, like the two promotions have gotten so far apart now that it's almost like the New Japan guys are lowering themselves by appearing on these fucking shows, and it's—it's it's true they just overshadow the Ring of Honor guys completely. God, modern modern but, New Japan is just so shit at partnerships. You think, they really are. It's like, true. Can, like, can you like f- think about how like Antonio Inoki, master of the interpromotional feud, UWF, UWFI, BGW to an extent. Uh, it's just there are so many examples you could think of where like you know 
guys would come in and it would be taken seriously and there would be like equal guys it'd be like great like uh would bring in hella money now you look to now we're just like new, new japan partners up with someone and they feel like a cancer eating away at them like noah noah was almost dead ring of honor like i don't really care if they die but they might die <laughs> you know <laughs> so and then cmll was just like that's this is inoffensive and that's probably worse <laughs> yeah I mean, I don't. I have to get someone who actually knows anything about lucha to tell me what what's going on with that. But like, it's true. It is, it is probably pretty. They do take advantage of all their partners. It's definitely true, and that's why so many times when a Japanese promotion now, like like all this, this like start of an all Japan relationship. Like, I love all Japan, and part of me wants to be like, run, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're just taking advantage of you. It's not two thousand anymore. You're not going to sell out the dome. <laughs> but yeah. Um, as far as the card itself, other than, um, do you, do you, at, first of all, who's going to win the U.S. title? Second of all, do you care who wins the U.S. title? Uh, you know what? I think, uh, Bone Soldier's been a bit quiet recently. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think he might just, uh, insert himself in this tournament and uh, maybe win it all. Uh, and I guess that, guess that first answer can answer the second question. Um, I if I'm gonna make a real prediction, I would I would probably guess I guess Zack Saber, because he feels like he kind of needs something to kickstart his New Japan career. Mm-hmm. But um, it could be Elgin too, I guess. But I don't. I mean, there's really nobody here. I, I mean, it could be Juice, but you know, I it, it sure as hell shouldn't be Lethal or Page because I don't ever need to see more of them in New Japan. I mean, Naito and Omega and Ishii don't really need this stupid belt. So, I mean, that's the thing I mean, is that there's a, there's a lot of like uh, important people in this tournament. So for for yeah. a juice person, Juicy Robinson is is getting like a pretty good push, but like also in, in, inherently there is that it's a long term thing, and it's like you can't expect him to defeat like uh, you know the former Intercontinental Champion or someone who literally just like went sixty minutes for the heavyweight title. So I can't see him beating those people when it comes to that, which will inevitably will. Yeah, I mean, I, I I could see his path being like, he beats Zack Sabre, he beats, you know, either Lethal or Page in the semis, and then maybe, like, either Ishii or Elgin gets through to the final, he beats them. I, I guess I could see that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be pretty pointless to put him over Naito or Omega. But Naito and Omega could both lose to Ishii or Elgin. So, because, I mean, one, one of them's definitely going to, because we're not getting Naito Omega on these stupid shows. So I recently read and I recently read through like someone who was reviewing old old Japan from like the seventies to like eighties. And one thing I noticed was that there was a shit ton of counter fetishes because you needed to protect the guys. Why don't they do that more in New Japan? Well they they stopped doing it because it like the crowd it, well the original reason why they stopped doing the count outs is because um the the UWF was like basically get getting so popular doing nothing but clean finishes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so like new japan all japan both stopped doing count outs to compete with that sure i get that but uwf is dead i know well, <laughs> i know i mean i just like historically that's why they they didn't do it i don't i don't know why they don't like, the, like i guess it's a tradition the, now. There, there is no cool shit style thing that's uh, uh, that's in the mainstream now uh to compete with so like you know they're, they're, like i'm not saying like do it like every single match like all japan did because like um and probably new japan did too uh but um, you know the the infrequent thing, like just to make sure that you're not just like 
like killing like a potential program down the road because that's what a clean pinfall does in my opinion is kill a program like if it's already resolved um and so yeah just like fucking do a dq finish like uh have have just lose to omega because i don't know i use a chair who gives a fuck yeah <laughs> i mean for these u.s shows i definitely wouldn't give a shit so i'm not i don't want to do a match by match preview either it's just whatever i think if you're gonna ask me who wins the u.s title i guess Zack saber yeah. um i don't think billy gunn is the next intercontinental champion why not um I, just, I don't think it's I, I'm not, I don't think it's going to happen but I guess Stranger Things you know? John, he's the one he's the one, he's the one. Gun. that is true that is undoubtedly true um, so that's the G1 like he special he literally had USA, that nickname because he could, he was, it was illegal for him to be called Mr. S and that's what he came up with afterwards well, it wasn't also like a, a weird little thing on with, when WCW was calling Jeff Jarrett the chosen one and it's like wow He's the one. I don't know if that's better or worse. But you know, you know, know. of all the promotions I'd have a pot shot at, 2000 WCW seems like uh, the, the last choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I guess they're kind of self-parody, but, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, he's he you want to... No, I don't think that's going to I'm happen. I'm not compromising on this. Don't at me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about these U.S. shows? Because I, I really don't. Um, <laughs> I'm going to watch them. I'm probably oh, not going to like them I don't know much. why Kojima isn't on these shows. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. We, we said we were going to talk about that. It doesn't, doesn't really make any sense. He's a legend. Why? He just, he's also very popular on social media. Exactly. With his bread, his bread, cl- bread club thing. Like, you'd think you'd bring him over, but apparently that's not... Not a now, thing. Par- pardon my humble country boy uh, sensibilities. I'm no uh, statistician or whatever, but I, if I had to say, I would say that there are some people who were turned on to New Japan because Satoshi Kojima decided to relate to his American fans and post a bit bread. Thus, I think mm-hmm. that he would be a great choice for going over to the US. I mean, I, I, I read people saying they would bring bread to the US show to give to Kojima. They would probably <laughs> chant bread like while he was in there. He would probably love it. And he's not booked at all? It just seems weird. Yeah. It's, uh... It is really weird, but... I mean, like, he, he should be, like, uh, booked more firmly anyway, because he's still fucking great. But in this, in this context especially, <laughs> you know, there's a reason. Yeah. It, it would have made sense, but... For some reason, we didn't do that. So, um, all right. So, the G one climax proper. Mm. Um, we can start off by talking about who's in which block, and then we'll get into the actual, um, the actual schedule that we have so far. We don't have the full schedule yet. We just have the top two or three matches mm-hmm. for each show. But let's talk about the A block first, since that makes grammatical sense uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi Togi Makabe Tomohiro Ishii Hiroki Goto Yoshihashi Bad Luck Fale Yuji Nagata Zack Sabre Jr. Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito oh you've been interested um, extra I and Ishii that's interesting <laughs> you're, you're supposed to I think aren't well, you well you might say Hiroki Goto instead of Hiroki okay well because with oh yeah you're right because <laughs> you're supposed to extend you are supposed to you are supposed to extend the L Hiroki Goto. I don't know. Maybe when I see the eyes at the end, 
like I remember to do it. Whereas when in the two O's, I don't remember to do hey, it. This reminds me. See, hi, see, Hiroki, high sixty-nine. The sixty-nine actually mean rookie. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Like I, I, I never seen him wrestle, and then like I thought, oh, high sixty-nine's wrestling. I wonder how to go on this set. And she's like, Hiroki. It's like what? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the A block. Um, Going going guy by guy here, um, we I guess we can just kind of give our best guess at what their point total might be. At a, remember the max any guy can get is eighteen points, mm-hmm. and also what we're most looking forward to, what we're expecting out of their G one and any matches we're particularly looking forward to. Mm-hmm. So let's start with uh, with Tanahashi. Um, I think his his match being against Naito at the end kind of says to me he'll he'll be there until the end whether he's going to the final or not mm. um, so I would pencil him in for probably 12 or 14 points um, he's going to have a good tournament I think mm-hmm. um, you know he's going in with another quote unquote injury but I, I think we've all kind of stopped paying as much attention to Tanahashi injuries at G1 time um, well you know that's the thing so I, the context for his G1 Although it is, like, I just say it's more a storyline now. But the context for all this team was, is, oh, man, Tanahashi is so broken down and hurt by by the wrestling. How, how will he compete in these big matches here? It's like, fucking everyone's hurt, man. Rest, re- <laughs> wrestling is, is hell. Yeah. <laughs> wrestling is literally, about, I mean, especially it's literally about attaining the best physical condition you can get and doing everything to destroy that condition, to de- destroy the temple that your body is until it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but... But um, so we'll see how he does. I, I I feel like kind of the intercontinental title is is a good time for a good way to kind of like signal that he's this is not the jobbing Tanahashi that we saw for like uh, a while after the Tokyo Dome when he was losing to Evil and stuff. Yeah. I feel like he's back to being like kind of a pillar again, and he'll have a long he'll have a deep run in this tour in this whether he's ends up winning the block or not. I think he'll be there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. As far as the matches I'm really looking forward to, Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. What the hell is that going to be like? Mm-hmm. Like, if I was going to pick two guys who were very, who have very, very different styles, you know, like, those are two guys who, you know, they, they're, the way they, they approach pro wrestling couldn't almost couldn't be more different. So I'm very interested in seeing what what the two of them against each other is going to be like. Yeah, yeah. Um. That that is something that like uh, you know that, that's something that I would have mentioned with Strong Style if I remembered was that uh, for guys like Tanahashi or just like anyone who's like epitome of like you know uh, King Road Arc Style or all that like they go really well against like uh, those like sort of like more technical based guys as in like um, that w- that was the thing about like when uh, you know Zero One started and there were these amazing matches where like uh, you know Masao get the ship you know from Biogawa. Or like he was like, oh man, this like uh, fake wrestling guy, I can punch the shit out of him. He can't stand for shit. <laughs> what was it? What was that? What was the tag on the very first show? It was it was I can't remember who what the teams were, but it was like Masawa, Masawa and Hashimoto against Akiyama and Nagata, right? Um, was that the very first zero one main event? I I, I I can't remember if there was like something where like they're on the same team. I know that there was like, LS, like a couple where like they're on up opposing sides. I don't know if like um. Like, I always default to, like, you know, Ogawa was his partner, like, um, uh, fucking, what, what, what's his first name again? Rat Boy. Rat, um, 
Oh god, why are we brought Yoshinari Ogawa or Yoshi? Man, how could I fucking forget that? Yoshinari Ogawa. Man, yeah. I, I don't give myself some lashes for that. But yeah, like uh, that's sort of the default missile partner I think of. But it may not have been. Uh, but that was like what happened when like Zero One debuted, and um, like I'm gonna look this up because I'm curious because it's I'm I can't I I think that might be right, but I can't remember. Like, dude, I remember like Let's when see. I looked on the Real Hero Archive like in Zero One. Okay, so it was. It was Akiyama and Misawa against Hashimoto and Nagata. Right, that makes sense. I think I, there's another match where Nagata... There, there is a famous match, I think, where Nagata and Akiyama team up, but I can't think of what it, what that match was. Because remember, they had that they were having that feud at the time where they had the... Nagata and Akiyama had the, the Tokyo Dome match. And then I think... Yeah, yeah. In New Japan, obviously. And then I think they eventually had a... Um, a like a... Some kind of um, a team... A, a major match with a team together, mm-hmm. but yeah, See, those those first zero one shows are really exciting. It's just when it it tried to turn into an actual promotion that yeah. it didn't really yeah. go too well. Like like I, I'm I'm saying like when I went to the real hero archive and I was thinking hmm, maybe I should look up uh, zero one zero one see how they're doing and I clicked on it and I saw two thousand one zero one I was like oh my god there's a there's Misawa Hashimoto in here and there was yeah <laughs> it's a it's the the early one is zero one I don't I don't know exactly when. It kind of starts going down, but the those early shows especially are really, really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Okay, who won the first fire festival? Let's see. Oh, Otani won, of course. Yeah, of course. He beat Kohei Saito. I, I was always, I, but, I was yeah. always confused about how like the zero one title is actually a WWE title. Like they, they make no attempt to rebrand <laughs> it. I just like how like zero one like it, it started out as like a work basically of like New Japan. Spitting off this promotion that t- somehow turned into a show. Oh, just... I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't even know that. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, like Hashimoto, like, 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 basically, um, he he wanted to make his own like sub promotion. He was very like annoyed with, I guess, whoever was booking at the time. It's probably Choshu. Yeah. They're gonna kill me for not remembering this, but like, Choshu, yeah. he he really he wanted out basically, and I don't know. Like, I'm pretty sure New Japan was backing it. And it was supposed to lead to a like an interpromotional feud kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, because like they wanted another like New Japan versus UWF kind of thing. But you need to build it up first, and then somehow it just they just turned into their own promotion, and you know, it's just Hashimoto got whatever shady yakuza funding he got, and it became a real promotion. Well, here, here's but, the thing with like uh, that whole thing about you know like uh, building a promotion is like uh, I see it now with uh, new and isms like Inoki's new thing is that. It doesn't matter if it's a worker or a shoot. Someday they'll figure something out. Like, uh, that, like, Tokon Dome show I was talking about, Hashimoto Rails on that is a representative of Zero One. So it doesn't matter if, like, uh, you know, they don't start, an, they don't start, like, uh, too harmoniously. They'll, they'll make up in the future. They'll still do it. <laughs> Inoki will. Yeah, yeah. Prob- probably. <laughs> um, okay, so that, that's, that's early Zero One, everybody. Definitely check it out. <laughs> 2001. Thanks for listening. Go to Snake uh, <laughs> uh, is there any is there any other match in the A block for Tanahashi you're really excited for? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm looking forward to Nagata versus Tanahashi because mm. uh, I think that the sort the sort of matches that they'd have maybe in 2007 like uh, there there would be different definitely of a different cloth because to an extent Tanahashi was like trying to prove himself as the ace. Meanwhile, Nagata was still Mr. IWGP then. And now he's in, in a place where, really, I'm going to be pissed if he like goes to like uh, 
usual route of losing all his matches. He should still be trying to like be Mr. IWGP. He should still be trying to be the guy that like you know the crowd and Nogami all love. Because there's a fucking reason why why they love him. It's not just because he he does like the the funny white eyes like when he does an arm bar. It's because he's like one of the best in all in New Japan all time. You know. Uh, so yeah. I'm looking forward to that match. Like just see like how dynamic is. Also looking forward to Yoshihashi versus Tanahashi. Um, yeah, should be fun. Yeah, because yeah. I'm Abushi Tanahashi. You know they've they've had their battles in the G1 before, and I'm it'll be cool to see that again finally after a long time. I didn't really like that match. So like, you really? Uh, I I I remember a couple of years ago. I remember liking it a lot, but it almost feels like it's like Abushi was kind of coming up as like the next kind of white bread baby face, and now he's this rebel that walked out in the company and stuff. So I thought maybe it'll, maybe it'll give it a different vibe this year. Mm-hmm. We'll get uh, we'll get to it when we get to Ibushi because I have opinions of them. <laughs> okay, so um, Togi Makabe, I I don't foresee him getting off to the start he got out to last year. I think he's kind of going to settle into the role of like the veteran who ends up with like eight or ten points and never really threatens, um, you know, the top of the of the block. Um, as far as his matches. I'm. I always like. I always liked his series of bad luck Fale, mm-hmm. as far as just two big dudes just like forming the shit out of each other and stuff. So it's always cool when they meet again. So I guess that would be my most anticipated match for him. Do, 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 do. It's Maccabi. I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tomohiro Ishii uh, again. I think probably in the eight to ten point range. Um, as far as matches I'm looking forward to, maybe him against, maybe him against Naito, just because I don't were they in the same I don't feel like they were in the same block last year, right? They were in the New Japan Cup block, and that's what that's that's what set up like uh, the Dontaku match. Right. So, I so it's been a it's been a bit since we saw that. So it hasn't been since Dontaku, I think. So it'll be cool to see them against each other again. I feel like they almost always have good mats together. That'd be a cool way to talk so, in real life. Like, uh, you, you just say to us, mate, you haven't washed the dishes since Dontaku. <laughs> um, what, what are you looking forward to for Ishii? Um, uh, I, I think, uh, let's see, let's see. Mm. I think just generally he'll be quite a consistent guy. As in, like, uh, that's also the thing with, with like, uh, Jima is, like, uh, you know, there's, there's not enough like uh, dream match potential yet, like in a lot of these people, for them to for like me to be like, oh, I'm looking forward to this match. Look at this match. I'm just more like, uh, you know, as a whole, looking forward to like uh, what will be a consistent performance. What I'm pissed off about is that he still hasn't gotten no cattail shot, and they've had no attention uh, called to it when he really should do it because he's getting old, and he's like uh, not gonna have much time left on like uh, this world of wrestling that is. Um, so. Ghetto should really fucking scrap up his long-term booking and start like uh, going with what the crowd feels, and I think the crowd feels easy. I uh, see. I almost would. F- I do, you don't feel like there hasn't been a little bit of a drop off in his crowd reactions in the last like? Because I would argue since like last year, I feel like his he was really hot, and I feel like he cooled off a little bit. No, I would I would explain that in one way and one way only is that uh, the holding pattern you're talking about that inflicts damage upon a lot of people damage that, is, that can often be re- undone sure but um, people like Yoshihashi and Ishii and like to an extent Goto and all that because they're not involved in like anything consequential 
they sort of like it get to this point where you know people uh, in the crowd you know sort of like realize yeah this is that guy Whoa. and then the first <laughs> time they do anything that means anything it's like yes I remember this guy yeah <laughs> like that that's what I felt when Yoshiashi ran in in the lumberjack match when Goto fucking does anything except lose and when Ishii decided like he wasn't going to take Okada's shit and beat the crap out of him you know like yeah. it, it, it's, it's, it's not a matter of like the reaction dropping off it's a matter of fucking booking them you know that's all it is yeah that's a good point do you, th- do, you, do you think he'll have any moments like that in this tournament though because I don't know maybe, maybe against maybe against Naito that'll be his moment when he gets to like punch Naito in the mouth and maybe even beat him mm-hmm. but it could be like uh, Shibata versus Naito from last year where like uh, Naito just gets like killed for real with a choke <laughs> Yeah, probably. Yeah. It could be something like that. Uh, so now we have your boy next, Hiroki Goto. Um, any chance that Goto is going to go back to back to back G1 finals? I don't know, man. <laughs> like, I, I tell you what, dude. Like, I, I, I wrote this entire piece explaining Goto's character, his motivations, and all that, his insecurities. And then I concluded it with him winning the title. It was this big moment where, like, yes, finally. Gedo's thrown the guy a bone. He's gonna have a good push now. Now here he is, exactly the fucking same as last year. <laughs> I'm fucking mad. Uh, fuck Gedo, ten points. So <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of how I feel too. It's gonna be like ten points, and I don't think he's, I think he got his run last year, and that's pretty much yeah. it. Um, something I, something I'm, I'm, I'm really uh, something I mentioned with. Uh, um, I was talking to Dylan uh, on the Discord, and we were talking about Goto. He loves Goto too. And something I noticed is that um, Goto has this amazing ability to come back from any damage inflicted upon him. As in, you, if you look at like how he, how he was like during like uh, the beginning of 2016, you would think this guy is dead in the water. But guess what? He's able to get people chanting his name, clapping along to his theme, just with like his work, just with how he is, how he operates. And just imagine how he would be if he was not about to lose so much. He could probably be an ace. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's terrible. But <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't know as far as matches I'm looking forward to with him. Maybe, maybe, maybe against Yuji Nagata, because I feel like they always have like very under the radar, really fun matches when they go up against each other. Mm-hmm. But could be a fun one. Well, hey, for for the nostalgia, like uh, let's do the 2008 G1 final again. Go to versus Nakabe. <laughs> Absolutely none of the heat of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so up next, uh, Yoshihashi. We talked a lot about him already. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I would suspect, looking at this block, that he's kind of going to be doing a lot of jobs. Um, I really don't know else who else is going to be doing that other than him and maybe Nagata. So I probably put him in like the four to six range, unfortunately, which kind of feels like a step back from last year. Yeah. But like. I don't really know who else is going to be losing all the time in this block, so... I had him not um, as someone who would draw. Who would draw? Against who? Tanahashi. Really? Hmm. That's interesting. It's, it's just a feeling I had where, like, uh, in order to... In order to basically have him do the same, exact same, like, performance point-wise, but to make it look like he's improving, he'd have a, he'd have a draw against, like, some big guy to, like, you know, make it look as if, like, uh... You know, he's like big shit. Like he belongs there. Mm. 
but um but yeah I'm 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 excited for some of his matches here um especially like I think for some reason I ha- I have a weird feeling that he can he can have a good match with Naito he has had good matches I mean you know at, yeah and pretty much at, first of all anybody can have a good match with Naito as as Naito's been right now mm-hmm. but um I think that match has a chance to be like really special so I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, definitely definitely uh, bad look Fale, my boy here. Um, really? I, I think, I still think he, I think that match with Okada this year was very underrated by some people. I liked it a lot. What the fuck? Um, what, you didn't like what it? What the fuck? <laughs> you First didn't like that boy, match? I liked it way... And then you like his match with Okada? What the fuck? <laughs> I liked it way better than, than Okada's match with Minoru Suzuki. I mean, that's a very low bar, mate. But, <laughs> I know. I mean, I would give, I gave it like a solid like three and a half or something, which like, I I think that's better than a lot of, uh, but it's better than some Okada matches people like a lot more. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like Bad Luck Folly. I think he he plays his role really well. Okay. <laughs> um, I enjoy I enjoy him. I think he's stand, I think he he does his job. I don't know how to say it, but um, I think he'll end up with like ten or twelve points again. And as far as matches, I'm looking forward to. Um, like what the fuck is Zack Saber Jr. gonna do with him? That's the first thing. You like that's not a match. Yeah. That's not a match I'm looking forward to. Like I think it's gonna be good. Mm. It's more of the match I'm looking forward to. Like what is gonna happen yeah, yeah, yeah. in this match? So I'm gonna pick that one as my match for Bad Luck Fall. Well, I thought of that. I thought of that matchup as well, but in a different context because I don't think of Bad Luck Felly so much as a G1 competitor. It's like a a, a symbol of like uh, status because um you remember when like uh. You know, Marafuji was in the last G1, he beat Okada, seemed like a uh, big king shit, and then like, Fally yeah. beat him, with, with his yeah. signature move, and I'm just like, hold on there, you fucking Noah scum, you ain't above us, you get beaten by Fally, you get beaten <laughs> by Grade. So, I always think of that as like, you know, th- it, it depends on how Fally treats you, whether like you as an outsider to New Japan are going to be like, uh, serious stuff. So, if Zack Sabre Jr. just goes in and like uh, you know gets like more or less squashed like in New Japan like a squash would be like you know a nine minute match instead of like you know 15 minutes you know uh, so if, if that happens then we'll have a gauge of like what Zack Sabre Jr.'s position is um, so yeah he'll probably will lose that one but uh, be interested to see how he loses it <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, that, I totally forgot he beat Marafuji with the grenade. <laughs> I remember that feeling, like feeling like really anticlimactic. Yeah. But like maybe I always assumed it was just Marafuji being like, "I don't want to fucking take bad luck fall," <laughs> but who the hell knows? Like I could see him doing yeah. that. But that's, that's one of the best discoveries right, so... of like uh, getting into Noah now is how like you know Marafuji like just wants to you know chill and drink beer and hang out instead of doing any wrestling. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to chop. Like that's pretty much it. He wants to get in the ring and chop the shit out of you, and then go he home and chop drink and go out. He's like Yuji Hino with an injury. <laughs> um, so Yuji Nagata next. Um, again, probably going to be in that like four to six point range. Fucking soon. Um, his last, his last G one. Unfortunately, the world is the world will be a worse place for not having the G one anymore. Um, again, the very really see. We've he already talked. Contributing to the point jam, you know. Yeah, I don't think he will though. But it, I I agree with you that he probably should be in the mix. But I, I just not it's not how Gato books. So, 
Um, I mean, other than the matches we talked about, again, Nagata versus Zack Sabre Jr., that could be really good. They just trade holds for 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. That could be fun. Um, I mean, it'd probably be, like, the most technically savvy match in the entire tournament, so. I mean, um, I guess it's just because, like, in Nagata, I, I like, um, you know, people said all this stuff about Shibata being a throwback, but Nagata's a real throwback, you know, because, like, just because, um, you know how, uh, you, you usually, like, you'll do, like, like, when he gets introduced, you'll just, like, you know, uh, throw up the shirt and, like, show the white eyes and all that, but when it's a serious match, or especially when it was an old match, he just, like, go right up to the guy, raise his fist, and look them straight in the eyes, just, like, with this intensity, with this passion, with this will to win, that's a strong style uh, in a bottle that you can drink and think, hmm, that's some good, some good juice. <laughs> so, based on that, the fact that, like, he can bring so much um, investment and emotion to any match he, ca- he, he chooses to, it would be wholly wasteful for that to be like maybe like two matches where he can be believe below and and the rest of the teams like ah oh, well who cares I'm out of block. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> moving on to Zack Saber Jr. Um. Again, we've talked a lot about his matches here to begin with. Do Do you agree with the decision to put him in this and make him a heavyweight instead of a junior? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's just his style doesn't his style doesn't really, you know, fit the New Japan Junior style at all, and it not that it does as a heavyweight either. It's still going to stand out, but I feel like you can like having him here. It has more possibilities for matches that I think could be really good than mm-hmm. just throwing him in the Super Junior, having him like catching a bunch of dives. But well, I don't my know. General rule of, my I, general rule of heavyweights is like uh, I refer to the WCW Television title. Where someone could compete for the cruiserweight title and then compete for a television title the next week, as in you need to be a certain weight to compete for the cruiserweights, but you don't need fucking any weight to compete for a heavyweight title. Yeah, that's a good point mm. too. I mean, I don't, I don't think he looks so tiny anyway that it looks bad or anything. So, yeah. but I mean, realistically, in a post AJ Styles world, there's really no distinction. But, yeah. um. But yeah, I mean, I I think it works. I think he'll he'll bring something different to this tournament where I think it's worthwhile having him in there. I think he should be Tanahashi points, and get an intercontinental title shot. That'd be pretty cool. Mm. I mean, so you think someone has to be a future intercontinental challenger, but I don't know who else it will be at this point. Um, and God knows we don't really need to do another. As much as he might be my boy, but I don't need another Fale Tanahashi feud. So. <laughs> Um, Zach, yeah, Saber's a cool pick for that. Uh, but I think probably eight points, right? So eight to ten. I couldn't finish six. Something like that. So okay, even even slower. See, like, um, this whole po- this whole point thing is like strange to me because like uh, you know, you suggested it and I was like, sure, okay, let's do it. And then like I just like gone into a whole thing of like, oh shit, I have to actually keep track of like who's winning, who's losing here. <laughs> I'm just trying to keep to a range, basically. I'm not trying to be exact because I didn't. I, I haven't done my pickums yet, but like, what kind of range I think they could be in? I think like in the six to eight range. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kota Ibushi, uh, you said you had a rant about this or something. So oh, I, I have, I have go a ahead. Pins, not a rant. I'm, I'm more surprised to okay. put about my takes. Um, <laughs> see, uh, uh, Paul said something about like uh, he was mentioning how. Uh, in the build up to Miyahara versus Ishikawa, Ishikawa like went on a, 
uh, Battleman, and um, he said he had the, uh, the Miyahara killer. And Paul was saying that um, basically that's good because so often the match is treated as a black box, wherein like uh, you know good stuff happens, but it's inconsequential. It, it's not really like based on anything beforehand. I mean, like uh, even like fucking the executioner versus Tiro Santana. It's just like I'm going after your leg, and so you expect he's going to go after the leg. Um, but that's something that is quite lacking with like New Japan, and I think as well, especially Kota Ibushi, um, <laughs> because like I'm thinking back to that like uh, G125 match between him and Tanahashi, and it had this thing where like I'm, I vividly remember where I was watching it. I was watching it in bed, and I was like falling asleep during it, and I had this like strange thing of like thinking, oh, this sure is good. Wish I could stay awake for it though. And then I learned uh, a bit later when I started actually watching good matches and I could be I woke up by them that uh, turns out I was just shit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, like yeah, Ibushi, like you're not the biggest Kota, not the biggest Kota Ibushi fan of the vibe I'm getting here. Uh, I, mean, I mean, like he, he's he's cool. He's probably had be fun, but like um, you know, like I know you have your opinions about you know like uh, him and Omega are gonna tear their heads down, and they probably will. Like they're fair to love it, but uh, I'm, 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 I'm just not gonna be too much. Into it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. You know, I I totally get it, but um, yeah, I mean, Kota. I, I honestly think his time away from New Japan has helped him. Sure, sure. As far as I've seen him have some matches, um, one that stands out last year was the one with uh, Jiro, you know, in Russell yeah, One, yeah. where they had the, they had this match, you know, and people were raving about these Cruiserweight Classic matches, which to me were the ultimate example of throwing a guy in there with no context, and because he does cool moves or whatever, because like what context is do a bunch of like 200 fans in the middle of the Cruiserweight Classic have for a Kota Ibushi match. Like, they they may have seen him in a GIF or something, or they saw, mm-hmm. you know, a YouTube video. They have no context for him as a wrestler. But they put him in Wrestle 1, where the context of the match is not is not just Kota Ibushi's here to do flips. And he did do flips. He did a flip off the balcony, mm-hmm. for one. But the context of the match is Jiro is the underdog, and he's great at being an underdog and he's in this trial series and he's going to do everything he can to overcome this experienced veteran opponent and in that context Kota was way better and I thought he played his role in that match really well as the as a veteran opponent so I thought that match blew away anything he did in the Cruiserweight Classic mm-hmm. but as far as like um, you know stuff he's done after, I mean I always enjoy him more in a wacky DDT context anyway than I do in a serious New Japan context yeah, like yeah. You know, the samurai match, for instance, was like classic Coda where he'll do some cool stuff in a in a very wacky match. But um, you know, there's there's some New Japan matches where in this G one where he's gonna look bored, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And that's always a risk you have with Kota Ibushi is he's apt to boredom and that's why I n I don't think he's ever gonna be a full time um New Japan wrestler it's again. Natural polygamous but, is. Yeah, he's he's gotta he's gotta He's got to sleep around. It's very yeah, true. Yeah. Um, maybe that. Maybe that's I think why he's going to have some bad blood. But um, I love that West. I love I mean, that I'm West still... Golden Lover side. <laughs> it is. It is. That that was a great angle and a great team, and that's part of. I mean, that's part of why I'm so excited for Bushio Omega, isn't because I just going to think it'll be a great match, but because of all that history and it's like. You know, Jesse said on Twitter is that the, the promotion with 
you know, the ladder winning titles and stuff, that's the one that, you know, that's that's responsible for New Japan's hottest angle. Oh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. But um, anyway, I'm excited to see some of Bushi matches here. I think him against Zack Sabre and stuff will be fun, mm. but I feel like I said that over and over again. And then finally, Tetsuya Naito. Um, is there any chance he's not winning this block in this probably this tournament? I would think he is, right? There's there's only my fears about the booking. I would say otherwise. Yeah. As in, um, this is uh, with the pre- precedent of um, you know, them waiting until Sabata was like uh, like basically like you know un- until until his brain was like uh, a, a small thin like piece of sand that could uh, be destroyed by like a slight slap uh, that's when they decided to actually go with him and they decided not to 